This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Weekend Confirmed. Ignition. Yeah, that's right. It's Weekend Confirmed time, everybody. My name is Garnet Lee. Very glad to be here with you. Uh, as always, joined by my partner in crime, Jeff Kanata. What's up? Not- I'm going to start referring to myself as a canoodler. A canoodler? I don't know. I don't, what's a canoodler? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I used to hear that term all the time at, back at work when I was with my old girlfriend. So I, I think canoodling is more like a romantic type of thing. Oh. Well, or a fucking around type of thing. I definitely am that. <laughs> that's, that's Ozzy. At the, uh, welcome, Ozzy, here, here as the uh, third member of today's power trio on the show. Hey, everyone. Great to be here. Ozzy will be bringing us the uh, Indicade Love, where he was over this past weekend. Hopefully many nice. of you in the LA area joined him in Culver City because there was a lot of good stuff to see there. Well, a lot of people were also at the League of Legends Championships, including Ooh. some of the people at Indiecade. Some some of the developers were there too. So that was that was interesting to see. I uh, I got so uh, stung with the bug of stung with the bug stung with the stung by the stung bug by the bug bug by the stun. Something happened to me, yeah, in a stinging fashion, and I uh, <laughs> I downloaded League of Legends, and I've decided I'm going to learn it. Are you kidding and me? Play it and get into it. I'm. Okay, so here's so, so you're back on the MOBA train then. I'm back on the MOBA train. I got I got so excited watching the championship, little bits of it that I saw. I I think uh, that's really that I want in. I want to I want to know it. I want to learn it. I want to uh, have it be part of me. I think that might be the biggest knock-on effect of the e championships. Yeah. Is the is this ability. So this is a game now that is years old mm-hmm. and yet you are the third or fourth fourth person in the last 5 days that has come up to me and said Dude, I just downloaded League of Legends, and I went and I just sat there and went, "You just down." I'm late, late to the party. Freely admit that, late to the party. And I, but, but even late to the party, it, it's a deal where it's been around so long. If you wanted to try it out, why, why not have tried it out? Uh, you know, actually, I will admit the fact that this is not the first time I downloaded it. I've oh, I didn't know that. It, I've downloaded it before. I've okay. uh, canoodled with it. Oh, yeah. Can- uh, previously, everyone take a shot every time you hear Jeff say <laughs> canoodle today. Uh. And uh, I, for some reason, it didn't stick. There were other things that took me away. I, I, I like MOBAs a lot, as you guys know. I've talked about them on the show yeah. before. Um, I was really, you know, kind of going the more of the Dota route. But I, I love the energy behind uh, League, and they seem to be... What's your, what's your lane, bro? Exactly. What is your lane? What's your lane, bro? Yeah. I'm in, dude. I'm in. I'm going to learn it. I want to learn it. So anybody out there, I'm going to... Sure, I'm going to uh, regret saying this because I'll be overwhelmed, but... Uh, anybody that gives has great tips on how to best ways to learn. I'm going to, you know, watch me some YouTube vids, even try, try to, you know, even Andrew Yoon told me the other, uh, on, really? on, that doesn't seem like they, a Yoon. I thing. know he's like, he's like one of my goals before the end of this year now is to not only get league of legends, you know, installed and and running, but to learn it and play it. Yeah. It is still a, a phenomenon. There's something about a championship atmosphere that makes you want to play these games. I, That's how I, I got into boxing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got the similar. I got the similar effect from Evo a couple of months ago, where you see something like uh, Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three, which is a few years old. Like 
once you see that competitive atmosphere come out, it makes you want to try and learn the game. It makes you want to kind of get into it yourself. Yeah. Well, I would say one thing that I have, so I've heard a couple of things about the league world that are promising. Number one being that the community is is apparently relatively embracing of new players at the moment. You know, where if you are, if you are a Dota player. <laughs> well, whereas if you're a Dota player, obviously Dota is a is a is a tough field. One thing I did want to know is why why League of Legends and not Dota two. I that perception, and maybe I'm I could be corrected in this area. This is so, total outsider looking in, but I have the perception of the thing you just said, which is the Dota community is a little more hardcore. It's a little more uh, uh, high skill. I mean, not to say that the League of Legends players aren't high skill. Clearly, they are. Yeah, I would say skill doesn't. It, but but it's just debated, not, it's um it feels like the barrier to entry is a little higher. It just okay. outside looking in, I might be wrong about that. But uh, perception is nine tenths reality. Got it. Yeah, and I dig I dig the art style in League. I, I it just seems like a really fun. So from your past experience with it, what do you anticipate this uh this initial process to be like for you? That's a great question <laughs> because I'm not sure. Um, I really want to. I think here, here's what got you out of it last time. Well, let me let me approach the question in a different way. I think what's getting me into it this time is the fact that recently I've been playing a bunch of end game WoW stuff uh-huh. and really was digging on uh, the raids and the working out strategies to take down bosses, which is something that I've enjoyed in the past. But just doing that again made me go, yeah, you know what, you know what that experience is really distilled really pure is is a MOBA mm-hmm. and and that teamwork and uh using your skills in the in the right way your skills being you know your character's attributes etc um that's what really made me go you know it's time to go back and really try to learn one of these MOBAs the right way rather than just sort of hopping in and because that and, and that directly answers your question which is last time I sort of just hopped in and was like you know I'm a video gamer I played me some Warcraft 3 in my day I know I can. I play StarCraft. I know how to play an RTS-based game. Uh, I don't need to really figure this and out. The game said, "Son, you don't know shit." Yeah, it's kind of it kind of did. Uh, but um, this time I want to. And you I, tried to get your feet wet a little bit with uh, Guardians of Middle Earth. I played a heck of a lot of that, and um, and there was a couple other ones that I was. Oh, uh, what's the one? It's a one-word title. It was free to play. I had all about all gods in it. Um, not ringing a bell. It's like all the Greek and Roman gods. Oh, you know what I'm talking smite about? Smite or something smite. Like that? Yes. yes, good, good call. I uh, played played that a fair amount. Um, so I was playing these peripheral mobas and not the sort of peripheral mobas. You know, not the not the core mobas. I was They're, flirting with the I was flirting with the moba addiction. Well, look, yeah. I mean, I'm very curious. I I I will stop short of committing to joining you. Although, <laughs> although I I will entertain the thought of it how about that i mean <laughs> the right. thing, look, the a good thing first is, step the reality of it is time wise i yeah. just i just don't know where i would find the time to play it because we're, we're what are you talking for a standard league of uh league of legends game about 30 40 minutes yeah standard i mean that sounds about right you know, so let's say let's say you're going to be you know reasonably in, getting into it you want to play a couple 
maybe three games. Notice I didn't say a couple, three, <laughs> two or three games an evening or, you know, every other evening or something like that. No, you're talking about a relatively, you know, significant commitment of time uh, along yeah. the lines of playing an MMO or something else. Definitely. And I was just remarking with you, you know, when we were getting ready to do the show that, you know, here we are, you know, four weeks in and I'm looking at like, what have I played? Well, I've tried to play some other things and I played some Battlefield 4 beta. So I'd have some other stuff to talk about for you guys. But mostly, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto because, A, I really am enjoying the game, right. and B, with the amount of time that I have to actually play games, that's about how far I am, because I'm doing a lot and of the other stuff it's a hell of a game. large game. It's a huge game, yeah. and I'm doing, and I'm not just you know core pathing it, I'm doing a lot of the side stuff, like right. we talk about doing the drug running missions and stuff, and I'm enjoying all that, and I'm enjoying my time in the game in a leisurely sort of fashion, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the, the, there's not a whole lot of... Extra time, right? And not to mention that online is such a huge distraction. Like online is so much fun to play, and it sucks you in for hours. Yeah, I haven't even I haven't even scratched the surface of that. However, coming up here on the show, we well, are well, going to have before, our first. Before we move on, we have I, our first Los nope. Santos stories. I'm not leaving the League of Legends <laughs> thing yet, okay? Because I'm curious. You know, when you go in, you I mean, I, I I this is where my complete ignorance to League of Legends will show. I presume that it's not a situation where in order to provide clean matches in so you know like a lot of games you have two sorts of matches you have the group matches where the let clans play together and clan play is obviously a big part of league of legends but is there like an open play area where it's like just random matching you or is it all or do you often face off against people who are playing together because they know how to play together and play well i think there's an open match you can just hop into an open matchmaking as a solo player sure and and interesting and, and you can play against bots which is a great way to learn. Which, and yeah, that is a good way to learn. There's also extensive online video tutorials. As a matter of fact, there's yeah. a t- I'll share. I'll share They're with you. Someone that. shared a someone shared a 20 minute long League of Legends introductory tutorial video with me about a year ago when I talked about it on the show, mm-hmm. and I actually felt at the end of the video like I might have a clue how to play the game if yeah. I turned it on, and I was like, okay, I, I get it. I think that well, I totally I get it to a degree. I get how to play MOBAs. I I've played. Well, I mean, I get how to play MOBAs, but I mean, I get like the specific mechanisms within League. Well, I think what where where the learning curve is, at least what I anticipate for myself, uh, is um, is just so many characters and knowing which one would be right for my play style and trying them out. That's and, that's the fun of the game for many people. That's a lot of the fun of the game, sure. But it it I think it's daunting at the beginning of like you're looking at the screen of character selection and saying to yourself oh where do i even click you know the other thing that that tears me about about mobas is i recognize that the that the maps you play on are basically akin to the field that you play a sport on you know it's like the same thing it's like you go out and play football on a football field definitely it it doesn't make football boring that they're always playing on the same hundred yard long field because it's the game that matters on the field right and exactly and yet at the same time i'm so you know, indoctrinated to video game mentality that I think, well, this game is already two years old, man. Aren't people like tired? Like, aren't they ready for something new? You know, how long, how long does League of Legends stay League of Legends? And yet at the same time, it's still obviously adding players. Well, you made the the perfect analogy because it's like, you know, Madden is still Madden, but what's exciting about it is all these new, new characters that can do all these new things placed on that well, let's I, not it, let's it, not talk about Madden because I'm in a Madden league and, and we have to play a game every week and 
or football is still more football. I, the more I play Madden, yeah, 20, yeah, football is football. Is yeah. It's just one. interesting that we get a new Madden every year. We get a Call of Duty every year, right. which that's also a competitive type of game. We get a different street. We get a different iteration of Street Fighter, whether it's a new version or an update every couple of years. But with League of Legends, that's had staying power for. Well, but, I, but, no, you but get there's new characters, new all characters time. all the time, yeah. right? And they all have, you know, they all have nuance and uh, very specific strategies that work for them. And I, I think that's what keeps people coming back for more. And more than that, your analogy is is even better suited to the fact that, you know, we can watch. I can watch a hundred games of football, and they're all going to play out a hundred different well, ways. And of course, the other thing that's cool about league is as it's developed a high level of play, is then you know you can play the game, and it's much like going out on Thanksgiving with your family and friends and playing your turkey bowl. Yeah. And then you can go inside and turn on the television and, and watch, watch the, the NFL pros. Yeah. And you can do the same thing in League of Legends. Mm-hmm. You can go inside and flip on and watch two, you know, power clans square yeah. off against each other and go, wow, man, did you just see how they, holy shit, how they yeah. got on that tower? That was amazing. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's cool because you have you have a much more direct relationship with it because you know you're like oh I played tonight yeah sure I played right I gotta check that out right. Jeff if you're looking to learn a MOBA like do you recommend just jumping straight into League of Legends or is there something to starting off with a secondary title like Guardians of Middle Earth or even the Infinite Crisis beta do you recommend just learning I can, how to play I can only there? speak for myself and for whatever reason I suspect mostly psychologically <laughs> it felt better to jump in and learn something where I didn't feel like there were, you know, several years worth of people who had been playing that particular game ahead of me where, I, you know, jumping into a game that, that was starting from the ground up, even if, you know, people were playing it that had play, been playing those kinds of games longer than I had. The fact that we were all starting from ground zero on this particular version and these particular characters had a psychological effect of making me feel like, well, I'm not, you know what? I counter that, that my counter argument would be, jump in and play the one you want to play well that so yeah. that you build from the from, so from the outset you're learning the strengths and weaknesses of the systems and the characters that you're wanting to play with so if you want to play league jump in and play league watch videos you know play against the bots learn how to play so that you're always investing time because keep in mind this is very much like a sport so that's like saying hey should i start playing um basketball basketball yeah. so i can get accustomed to team sports and then go play rugby well, it's not or really sure, that maybe it's, maybe it's rugby and football. It's, hey, should I maybe hop in and play some rugby so I learn a lot about, you know, like this throw ball thing and then <laughs> then go play some NFL football. And, and, you know, that would be my counter argument. And there are great resources out there. Okay, because I have, I have an Infinite Crisis beta code sitting in my inbox and I still haven't jumped on that yet. Well, maybe that would be interesting to play just for something different. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to try that out too. I, I think... It's it's kind of silly to talk about it now because I I'm li- I literally just downloaded it yesterday. Ah. so I'm just I just was sharing that a fact that I am decided but, I was I was um inspired by by the. But it's interesting that the championships have that kind of effect on you that yeah. that they make you want to jump in and play, and that's the kind of thing that competitive esports kind of has on people. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, and without doubt, and the fact that you know we are constantly having to to play the next thing. I, there's definitely a part of me that yearns to have that experience like i've had with wow uh and other games where i i get a depth of experience rather than a breadth of experience do you know what i mean that's it's a it's a deeper longer term kind of i I, what i'm excited about is i want to learn this i want to learn it yeah and i mean in so in a different sense of time that is how i'm playing grand theft Mm, yeah and that in that i'm not 
powering through it and just going down the critical path. Yeah. I'm literally turning it on some nights and just fiddling around with different side missions and, you know, going out and robbing a store and yeah. going and buying some clothes and, and, and actually <laughs> enjoying all the little pieces of the game. Yeah. And it's That's a lot great. it's a lot more fun for me that way. But it is it is a whole different world of of time commitment. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm worried about the Grand Theft Online piece because yeah, like yeah. I said, I want to. I have got a great story, uh, so I want to do this. Like, as a, we'll see how long we can carry this. Uh, Shadow Thirteenth though gave us a great uh, place to kick off a new feature we can call Los Santos Stories, <laughs> okay. which is which is what I was hoping for out of emergent mm-hmm. gameplay. I mean, this is really great. So he says, uh, so this is Shadow Thirteenth story. He says uh, we did a mission where you hijack a tanker, a tanker truck. We had cops all over it, but we had a few teammates to draw them off. As I was driving the big truck down the ocean highway, a SWAT van was in front of us, but one of my buddies comes flying down the mountain in my personal car, which is a hotted up old muscle car he borrowed when I took the tanker, and he T-boned the SWAT van, clearing it out of the way for me like some kind of Michael Bay movie. He tore away off-road with a bunch of cops in pursuit and even drew the helicopter away from my scent. That's, that's, that's going to be one of the great appeals of that game is just that's like awesome that. and there's even an epilogue to it so he says about two minutes later as i'm approaching the drop-off point for the tanker i hear uh, over my comm uh, uh scott there's something i need to tell you about your car but i already knew because my phone popped up telling me how to make an insurance claim for a destroyed vehicle that's pretty cool it's, that's awesome like yeah. that is that is exactly the sort of you know game imagination that we had hoped for in, game, yeah. in Grand Theft Online. Yeah, I, th- I think it's awesome that, that it engenders that kind of uh, you know, emergent gameplay. It's awesome. Which is good because if you're reading some of the reports and reviews from other editorial outlets, you might be concerned that Grand Theft Online is, you know, a, a grief-ridden, uh, you know, cluster fuck of people just running <laughs> it, around it killing can and be. hurting each other. It can be, but that's not necessarily a bad thing in itself. Grand Theft Online in a lot of ways is the o- the old Grand Theft Auto just like kind of condensed in a giant in a giant nutshell like, you're hooked on it i am i'm pretty hooked on it i it's it's the way we used to play gta before rockstar started taking its narratives more seriously it's it's just fun just go in the world and just mess around and even if you even if it is griefing it's all in good fun it's not unless you're disrupting that's someone a, else's mission that's a very which is, that's a very noble attitude of Ozzy, isn't it <laughs> it's all, it's all good in good fun, fun. I just you know oh i've gotten shot like six or seven times already like just last night alone but you know i didn't take it personally or anything so I'm much more interested. You know, in a lot of people it. do take that shit seriously, dude. They get, they take that shit very seriously. I'm much more interested in playing that game with people I know. Right. I think that that's really what the well. fun will be. And for I think me. that probably Shadow Thirteenth's experience is indicative of what it's like playing with friends. And right. by the way, we are starting a weekend confirmed crew. Yeah, we are. We're in the process of determining the rank names. So uh, <laughs> I had some good suggestions, you know, you, dude. You've got some good ones. We just need like four more. I think we have six total right, right. now. So we we have ten rank names to fill out. And we've got plenty of time because obviously it's fledgling and, and it's going to keep on getting better. Have you used, Ozzy, what, uh, what player rank have you gotten up to? Uh, I'm only up to rank five. I've, well, I'm just scratching the surface. So one of the things that's cool that I've learned from talking to people who have been playing it about the, about the in-game systems is that as you get up in rank, if you have someone, uh, well, actually, it doesn't mean they don't have to be doing anything to you. When you're in a multiplayer game, you can put a bounty on another mm-hmm. player's head in the yeah. game. So if you have someone who's like been, you know, if you're of a high enough rank because you've been playing long enough, you have someone who's just dogging you, you know, stalking you or, hunt, you know, hitting your spawn point or whatever and killing you all the time, you can just be like, you know what? Fuck it. Drop a, bo- drop a bounty on them. And as soon as you drop a bounty on them, now everybody who's in that session is going to get a little note on their phone that says, 
hey, killing Jeff Kanata is now worth it. Wait, wait, wait. It's got personal. <laughs> I think they should put that That's in MMOs. Cool. And, and they should come in to be an MMO. What's cool that I didn't realize is when you leave that session, the bounty stays on you. So when you go, <laughs> so to, when you log back, you can't just log off and you, and go, to their, awesome. you go to another session. The bounty is like, so you can follow them across that's sessions. Like, so and, but it, it comes out of your, if you put up the bounty, it comes out of your cash pile, right? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. It right? should. It, it should. It should. Because then what would stop you from just putting bounties on everybody? Although it is pretty easy to earn cash in that game. But I would love that in an MMO situation where you have somebody, tr- you know, some high level character messing with you and you're like, you know what? I'm going to put up some gold to make sure I've this had enough of this. Yeah. I have had enough. Fantastic. I don't like this guy's face. I have had enough of XXX Sephiroth XXX FF7. Kill this guy. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess the the bad part about that would be that low level characters you're getting ganked like that probably don't have the money that would entice high level characters. And so then they go to the, then they go to the it, Chinese but... gold farmer and <laughs> yeah, they buy a bunch like, of gold. I will I will come to you sometime with a favor. <laughs> you will grant me that favor. This nice. I will take care of for you. And I will not take any gold, but someday you will owe me, sir. Nice. I like, I like where you went with that. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot of stuff you can't do at lower levels yet. I was running into that thing that Jeff Mattis was talking about last week where you steal a really nice looking Corvette and then suddenly you know, the cop sees you and yeah, they're like, why is that guy driving that car? And suddenly you got two stars like out of nowhere. Hmm. So, but isn't getting stars. I mean, so you said that playing online is like yeah, but playing not for stealing a car, though. I want to do something to earn it. Like, well. Okay, like I, you're, you stole. <laughs> hold on, you stole a car in a game called Grand Theft Auto, and you're upset that you're getting stars for it. That's a, there's something wrong with the yeah, picture. It's one, it's one thing if a cop actually sees me stealing the car, but if I'm just like driving down the street or whatever, Dude, profiling, bro, it, profiling. That's what I was saying last week, and I, I just want to, you know, just do more stuff. And right now, like I don't have, I don't have a high enough level to be able to. Well, so what have you done? What have you done that was fun? That's got, why are you, why are you so hooked then? Like, so you tell me you're hooked and then you're like, oh, I want to be able to do more stuff. Cause lot, it's not fun. A lot of the missions, like the team deathmatch, and even like, even like racing, racing across that, that world of Los Santos is just a lot of fun. And, and even, even, and I don't want to identify myself as like the griefer type, but, but you are. Clearly. I, I am kind of clearly because, because I've seen I've seen guys trying to like run away from cops and everything and just for funsies I'll just grab a tanker and just like pull up right in front of the guy just running away and just boom that, <laughs> but hey they started it I was trying to hold up a liquor store and then suddenly I was holding up a liquor store and then as the clerk was emptying out the cash register some random guy just comes in shoots the clerk before he can empty the register and then suddenly I get a message that goes the clerk is dead you have to you have to get the money yourself now I was like, wait, Oh, wow, what? It, it actually accounts for that. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? And then suddenly the cops are there, and, you know, I'm already dead. So, it's, it's, Why were you already dead, though? I mean, you could have well, tried to make a run for it, man. Nah, they were guarding the door. <laughs> I, I was screwed. So, wait, so you can see the, the other players on your mini-map yes. trying to evade the cops, and you're like, you know, I'm just going to well, well, get out of my car, find a tanker, and like, me, Because the, the cops me, are active me. in that game. The cops are just, like, everywhere. You hear sirens constantly. You see mm-hmm. cops beating down the street, like, at every corner. And if you if you see just the, like my neighborhood, yeah. If you if you look on the mini map, you can, you can kind of pinpoint exactly where the players are going to go because you, you you don't really chart out a path on how to evade the cops. You just kind of floor it. Mm-hmm. You go where they you go where the blue and red dots are not. I always found uh, the easiest way to avoid cops in GTA Five was to do some sort of vehicular maneuver that is insane. Like, oh yeah, like drive off that cliff and oh, just absolutely. yeah. It's absolutely that drive off, drive off of something crazy yeah. and get to a place where you're out of sight and then, then wait and then wait and then wait, look for the little cones of visibility and try to manipulate navigate your between yeah, them. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I mean, but I think that that's an actually from a playability standpoint that that change in the game system is a little bit of an improvement. Oh, it's a big improvement because big improvement. It, okay, okay. I think Okay, go ahead and say because 
Well, because otherwise, you know, the, in the prior iterations, yes, running from the cops was a big thing. But but if you talk to many people, they were like, I try to get as high a wanted level and then see how long I can go. Right. Not not how long I can, how, not how much I can get rid of it. Yeah. Because you weren't, re- getting rid of it was a real, real, real big challenge, which sort of made it an impediment, which made, which detracted from the fun of causing mayhem. If like causing mayhem caused you to increase stars and then increasing stars got it to a point where you at, at some point more times than not wound up dying out and reverting, then now you're getting punished for having created the mayhem in the first place. But now you create the mayhem and there's a real chance of, like now actually it is. still at five stars though. It's pretty unlikely. If if you get to five stars. But I've ditched four stars a number of times. And it's it's doable. Yeah, it's doable. You just have to find you have to find some spots where you can you know especially get away from the helicopters. Yeah, that's you one get, of those that's one of those things where you have to memorize the map layout and memorize where the little garages are, the parking garages. Memorize like where the underpasses, alleys are. Underpasses the, oh. the you know the L.A. River. Yeah, <laughs> the L.A. River is super useful. Or if you get cops down in the L.A. River and then can get yourself out really fast and then get someplace else while yeah. they're trying to fool around, and get out of there. Yeah. Although alleys aren't necessarily safe. I've tried hiding in alleys before with about two three stars, and cops will search it and they'll find you. Oh, okay. The funniest thing, is, or the worst thing, or uh, you know, the, the ironic thing is, getting out on the freeway is the worst idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, same because thing with real life. You cannot out. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> you outrun Los them. Angeles. You have television. <laughs> you will. You will not outrun the police. As a matter of fact, just getting out there on the freeway is is probably the w- best way to guarantee that you will get caught or or wind up in some kind of weird off road adventure. Yeah. yeah. And, and if they send out a helicopter, you're so screwed. Like you'll never escape a helicopter, just like in real life. I don't know. I've seen some. You can, hey, you can that's escape what, them. That's that's why. People invented rocket launchers. <laughs> if you can, if you can do enough crazy crap to like, so the couple of times that I've been able to get away from helicopters, I haven't had. So I told you about that video that I saw. Yeah, I was, saw it too, using yeah. Michael's slowdown ability to like toss sticky grenades out Brilliant. of a helicopter. I haven't done that, but I have been able to, you know, get into like the dense part of what is that like East LA near where the river, where the concrete river stuff is, mm. and do a couple of quick moves inside there, jump into the river, and if if you if you get if you get jumping into the concrete, you know, drainage area fast enough, you can hook under a overpass and a helicopter won't see you under the underpass. Yeah. But you have to make sure that you've gotten in there cleanly. Right. And then if you've gotten in there cleanly, then you can just sort of really like pay attention. Okay. It's like, where is the helicopter? Where is its cone of vision? And then when you have, because if you have to move, because at four stars, there's a shit ton of police activity. Yeah. But if you have to move, just be careful to move where the helicopter doesn't see you. Because if the helicopter gets, he's right. I mean, Ozzy's right. If the helicopter gets on you, it's really a bigger challenge. Uh, all this super fun, but I, and this is clearly just my own personal mentality. But I, all of the stuff that I've done in GTA Five, as fun as it is, just makes me want a next gen Crackdown game. Yeah. That I, that I, that idea of Hard being able to leap through the city and climb any building is so much more fun for me personally than wait anything. You, wait till you join the crew. <laughs> yeah, I join the crew. On, online is fun. I will tell you that. Don Don Jeff Don Canada. <laughs> hey. And my name is Don Clericuzio. And, and avoiding cops in online is reference. just as hard as, as it is in the story mode. It, All right. it, it's so funny because I was in, I used to play, a G, the last game I played was GTA 3. And so ever since then, I, I didn't play 4, I didn't play any of the expansions, but I played a lot of Saints Row. So when I'm going through 5, I'm just like looking for a forgive and forget, and it's like, wait, those don't exist in this game. That, that's the <laughs> other franchise. <laughs> you, have, you have completely confused yourself over these things. All right, stick around. We still have uh, Jeff, who's been playing some Beyond. I played some Battlefield 4 beta. We've got Ozzy giving us a report on IndieCade. We've got your questions. All of that stuff still to come on this weekend confirmed. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 
downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service for 30 days. One audiobook to consider is Ender's Game, the special 20th anniversary edition by Orson Scott Card. The war with the buggers has been raging for a hundred years, and the quest for the perfect general has been underway for almost as long. Enter Andrew Ender Wigan, the result of decades of genetic experimentation. Is Ender the general the Earth so desperately needs? The only way to find out is to throw him into ever harsher training at battle school, to chip away and find the diamond inside, or destroy him utterly. That's Ender's Game, the special 20th anniversary edition available on Audible.com. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed for your special offer. That's audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. All right, everybody. Uh, Where should we hop in next? Well, I was thinking that we might hop into a little discussion about uh, a question that was asked that could lead us into talking about Beyond Two Souls. Because just been playing Beyond Two Souls. I have. one of the things that comes up, I think, in this conversation, if you've already been following Beyond, is how divisive this game has been. Mm-hmm. The, the reviews have been very much polarized uh, towards folks who it's clicked with, really resonated for, and folks for whom uh, it's just sort of uh, fell short, especially in the, it seems to be in the narrative department. And it, it, this always uh, comes up whenever you've got games that have uh, you know really high... Uh, pre-release anticipation factor built up to them this one mm-hmm. david cage's reputation for doing narrative games the uh, ellen page being in the game you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, intense expectations around that same thing holds true for consoles right and uh, one of the things that uh, runner matt brought up in this last week's thread on shack news was do you feel that game reviewers are in a better position and i think he means this time around to review launch games it seems that historically there's been a score bump because of a new system. I would think that because games are more continually continually evolving, and I think what he's meaning is that you know the evolution of game making over this past uh, generation has really seen a, you know a, a nice strong rise from the time that the 316 PS3 came out to now. That uh, this wouldn't happen as much. What do you guys think? And I'll mm. I'll kind of lead. By, by throwing this out there. I think that anything that is, any anytime you have a situation with this much anticipation, but especially around new consoles, it is exceedingly difficult for any human being, whether they be a professional reviewer or just a person buying their machine off the store, not to be caught up in the, you know, the exuberance of opening that thing the first time. Mm-hmm. And to say that, oh, I think that, you know, uh, I think that you you guys who are professional members of the media are going to be above that. Of course, we're not going to be above that. Are we going to take our best efforts to curtail that? Yes, and to greater or lesser degrees will be successful. Keep in mind, you guys out there and gals who, who take these things home, when you open up your PS4 or your Xbox uh, One, you're going to be exuberant in the same way. And your experience with those with those games in the in the you know the first blush of light is going to be much stronger than it is later. I mean, it, it, all you have to do is go back and look at like Perfect Dark Zero and and Cameo uh, to get you know ideas of games where you look at them. And, you know, well, did those games get great great scores when they came out? They didn't get great scores did, though. Well, there you so go. Then, then the other thing that happens is that sometimes these games will even face some backlash amongst reviewers who are trying very hard to be stalwart and say, "I'm not going to be swayed by how sexy and new this machine is." You know, I'm going to make sure that I appear impartial. And yeah. the reality of it all is is that it's really difficult 
there is going to be excitement enthusiasm around new releases around especially around new console releases and the games that come with them and to the to the you know the best part of our ability everybody i know who's in the business is going to do their level best to be drawing on all their experience drawing on all the games they've ever played and giving anything that they look at a very fair appraisal based off of hey here's what i love here's what i like here's what here's what it's at he, he, I, I we run the risk of getting down that rabbit hole that we often go down of, of no. navel gazing no but um i've always had a a problem with this premise because this premise of of uh somehow su- supposed to be circumspect in the moment uh, because uh, first of all i think w- what we're dealing with here is an entertainment product yeah that is yeah. meant to bring joy to people okay so i have always and and maybe this is why i'm not for everybody but my particular take has always been that my job quote unquote is to be as honest about the way I feel in the moment as possible and to express that to the best of my ability. So if, and, and I'll bring up specific examples. For example, I remember on this show uh, talking at length about how much I was enjoying uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Sure. In the first few days that I was playing it. Absolutely. And I genuinely was enthusiastic and I was having a great time. Now, that game turned out not to have the staying power and the legs of an MMO for me. And I ended up not playing it very much longer after that first month. But I, that doesn't mean that my feelings in the moment of that exuberance and joy and all the things that I expressed at the time weren't valid, weren't true at that moment. Now, some people might say my job is to be able to look forward and anticipate that turn and perhaps it is but in that moment i wasn't i didn't see that train coming it was only after and and i think my my job is to express as i progress through that experience each of those that the full range of my moment to moment feelings so you the listener and uh you know whatever reader whatever uh can understand where I'm coming from over time. Now I get a lot of flack personally from people who are like, Oh, you just get excited about everything, which a isn't true. I don't get excited about everything, but B the things that I do get excited about. I'm genuinely excited about those things in that moment. Now, some, some of those things get stale for me and some don't, but in that moment I'm being completely honest and, and, uh, there is no, there is no false inflation of those feelings. It is, absolutely what yeah. that product has delivered to me and, I, and i'm with you on this i mean i think that my my philosophy has been very close to that with the added uh clause of referencing all of the games and experience that i've had over the years as a uh litmus test against which to gauge that in the moment response because i think, because I, think too, yeah. I think yeah i think that the one thing i would hope I've that the audience in the past i.e Right, I've mm-hmm. been burned in the past, and so no, not even I've been burned in the past. Just a, just a, I've played, I played a number of X sort of genre of games, or I played a number of X sort of games at their 
you know, this moment in the tech of a console release day or, right. or a year and a half into the tech or first game on an engine or any of those sort of things and being able to like think about in context and you know, drive, bring, bring a context of all of those games that I played and critically analyzed before to that moment to moment experience that I'm experiencing now to sort of temper it. I, I not temper it, not temper it in, in a negative way. Temper it literally, you know, in a way of like giving it a a, a frame of context and a frame of yeah. reference. That's I, it. I get that, and that's I obviously respect that. But I I firmly believe that the people that that swing the pendulum forcefully in the other direction just to try to not be not be suckered or anything <laughs> like that. I think you're doing just as much damage as. People might perceive me doing because I think that I think that's not called damage. Okay, maybe not damage, but but uh, uh, it it is just as misleading because if you're saying I oh I don't want to I don't want to have any I don't want to have too much fun here because the fun might not last. Well, it's like well now that's not a that's not an honest expression. Yeah, I think actually my so my response to to Runner Matt's question might actually be in the world of. The way we are so quick to judge and seem to be so, uh, you know, loud in our judgments, especially in the past couple of three years, that we might actually be in a, we might face a much uh, less friendly reception for these new titles as I think you'll see, I think you'll see people all over the board yelling and screaming to try and make their point about them. Well, and, and to stand just out. talk to this person. Pers- and it's going to be easy to get excited. I mean, look. These these games are. It's been seven years. Well, to talk to this particular moment in time, I think it's unique in the sense that you, I don't remember a console launch ever. And correct me if I'm wrong, but where you have the biggest games on that console launch coming out a month early on the previous generation, <laughs> and you're going to be side by side comparison of this exact game on the old console and this exact game on the new console. And I think that is going to lead to a lot of these kind of disparaging comments of, well, it's not that much better. And I think that's going to be perfectly valid at, at, and, and will probably feel a little bit like a dark cloud over these new consoles. But I think it's, it's also an, an unfair representation of what okay. their experience. Yeah. There's another question that, that came up. Delivering. So since, since you sort of like steered the conversation a different way, I'm going to ask you this one, uh, just a comment at, throughout this one for us. How are you going to approach those multi-platform titles? Have you thought about that? I mean, are you I going have. to, are you going to go current gen and upgrade? Are you going to wait for next gen or, or are you in fact yeah. going to go PC on things like black flag, watchdogs, battlefield four and ghosts? D- depends on how they're designed. I mean, there are certain ones where the master skew is based on the, is, it's being designed for current gen. Like Assassin's Creed Black Flag is being designed first on current gen Xbox right. 360 and PS3. While Watch Dogs, they've said that the master skew for that is PC. So you know it's probably going to look a little better on next gen. So it, it really depends on the title. Yeah, I definitely... Well, wait. Before, before we leave that behind, whether it depends on the title or not, you're still going to enjoy... If you have a next gen console or are buying a next gen console... Are you saying that you're going to just play Black Flag on PS3 360 and not do the upgrade? I don't think I don't think the upgrade would be worth it for a game like that. A single, for ten bucks, for most for mostly a single player game. Like I've never really gotten into the uh, AZ multiplayer, so I, I don't. So really, you'll. So you'll the question play is the more: game. Can you bring your save game over? Which you can't, and so right. then what? Yeah, that's, at that point, start there's no, from ground zero. 
That's and so you don't think it's worthwhile that, so to your mind, I'm just, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying to your mind, it's not worthwhile to wait. You'd rather, it's because there's so many games coming out. You're saying, you know what? Black Flag's going to be out here. I'm going to go ahead and play it now. It's going to be just as good an experience on my 360 or PS3 and I'm going to play it and, and, and I'll move on. Not me. Case by case basis. So that's Oz. What, what, what are you? I want, I am, uh, I'm the asshole that wants the best version of this game. And I, uh, have a hard time playing something and thinking oh there's a better version of this 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 moment i just had this moment but the this moment would have been better if i had seen it without in a high resolution or with the then you're gonna play everything on pc uh either pc or or next gen versions of stuff yeah what about i mean i might i might i might canoodle a little with the uh (laughs) with the current gen versions if i have the opportunity there are cases during console launches where the current gen version naturally does look better to go back to seven seven eight years ago the call of duty 2 looked better on ps2 uh, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland looked better on PS2 than it did on Xbox 360. Like there are cases like that where where the Call of hit. Duty 2 looked better on PS2 than it did on, on 360. On, on Xbox 3. Really? Call of Duty 2 was 360, or am I thinking of Call of Duty 3? Call of Duty 2 was an Xbox 360 launch title. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't think, think Call it was of Duty on P- 2 was on PS2. PS2. Right, right. I'm <sighs> PC. It probably looked better. Well, and I, blew, I blew my example with Call. I, of Duty. I would say <laughs> I would. Here's here's one of those games that was pointed to. Activision's Gun. Remember, Gun I came do. out right at the end of the PS2 generation, and they did a they did a texture patch to mm. it to sort of give it next gen like appearance. Now, the knock was it doesn't look like a next gen game, right? But if you compared the next gen version to the PS2 version, the next gen version still did look a little better, right? By necessity, because it still was running on a higher end. I mean, look, it had this, it had some, it had some improved textures on it. Did it look next gen ish? No, not really. Yeah. And and I don't think that we're going to experience that same phenomenon so much in this generation graph, but it still was nicer. I mean, I don't think I don't think there was any game that came out after the jump where the lower the the older generation looked better than the newer generation. Okay, no. here, okay, here's another example. Uh Twilight Princess between the GameCube and the Wii. Pretty much the exact same game, but well, which one would you argue looks better? more about what the Wii was in <laughs> comparison to the GameCube than anything else, but uh that's just that's a little trolling. And and it was the same game. Yeah. But but one didn't necessarily look better than the other. Right, but the, But there was, wasn't any pretend was, there wasn't any pretend, you know, for instance, Gun, they were very specific about, "Hey, we made this 360 version and we added these textures to make it look better." Yeah, what they added to Twilight Princess was you can control it with a Wiimote, <laughs> which that didn't quite work so well. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I, I guess the example would be go look at Wind Waker HD <laughs> and compare that back. Right. But they rebuilt Wind Waker HD from not necessarily from the ground up. But they said but, they only did it in six months. So true. I mean, I you know maybe they've done more than what Activision did with Gun, but it's still that same sort of thing of taking an existing game and not not making it specifically for the new console, but adding it. I'll tell you it. this: if GTA Five was coming out on the new consoles or on the PC, you'd for have that waited. Matter, I would not have played it yet. Really? Well, yeah. Well, well, the rumors are flying that PC is coming in about six months. Yeah. I mean, if if that if I had had a I don't think confirmation I of of a date on that. I would Even hearing all the stories we're telling about it yeah. and everything, you, I, I just don't think I could have waited. I played that entire game and liked, loved, loved being in that world. Every se- second of playing it, I thought to myself, if this was on the PC, it would be better. Would oh, be absolutely. Better. I mean, obviously, there's still places, despite the amount of time they've had to optimize it, that it has frame rate issues and the engine chugs. But it, it doesn't. It's technological marvel. It's absolutely on marvel. the current gen. To, this is what six seven year old technology, unbelievable. I'm not you mean saying the hardware that. is, yeah, the hardware, right? right. Not, not the not no the no game no no. The yeah, game the, engine is amazing. The technology it's playing on, yeah, yeah. It is is it's 
unbelievable that they've done no loading, all that stuff. But <laughs> I have already admitted it makes me an asshole, but I'm the asshole who just sat there going, if I could oh, play it on Jeff, my PC right now, I would be so, then so I have much to, happier. Then I have to go back to Watch Dogs. So are you going to play Watch I'm going to wait. On PC. Uh, well, I'll probably... I'm, because you know it came out. That it's the one, two... What time's the PC coming out? Is it day yeah, it should be simultaneous release, except for, I think the Wii U might be coming out later. I could be wrong Yeah, because that. the Wii U, they announced PCs, it as an in-between. PC's day and date with PS3 360. And, and well, it's a launch title for the next gens. Remember, it's coming well, that's, out... That's that's it's why all I, coming out at the same time. That's the that's the confluence of, of factors that is... Uh, there's also these two new consoles that I'm all excited about right. that I want to have something fun to play on. Okay. But, so playing but it I, in my bedroom or in my so office Watch Dogs, on my PC. Watch Dogs PS3 360, 30 frames per second. Watch Dogs PS4 and Xbox One still locked at 30 frames per second. They've already come out and said that. But Watch what's Dogs in those PC, frames? What's in those frames Watch is a Do- lot. Uh, what's PC? Why, why would you not go PC after your whole argument there? No, you're so because, right. Because now you're PC so right. is going to have the, the hardware advantage. It's going to have the speed advantage. And it's going to be the best looking version. Lee! <laughs> you did it again <laughs> your logic logically I'm just, I'm just saying ah. i'm just saying and yeah no, you're right dude you're right it it really is only the fact that there's these new shiny new consoles coming uh via amazon to my home and i want to have something fun and there's to put and in there's them. a little bit of a lack of product a little bit of a lack of stuff to put in them. well there's a lack of exclusive product to put in them there's a lack of product that you can't get anywhere or else. things you get excited about yeah and and there's going to be a lot of really fun uh downloadable stuff a lot of really yeah. fun little bite-sized games that'll one of, one of which will hit later actually on during the uh, indicate block which is what Oh well, we will hit yes. Resogun, Reso- oh. which is I you said, yes. yeah, yeah. I saw your tweet about that. Got well, very excited. And then, and then you run into games like, and this will be a good spot because we've gone this direction to talk a little bit about the Battlefield Four beta. Because mm. if I was out there right now and and on the fence, and first of all, it's that game's that's that's night and day. Battlefield night is day, a right? Battlefield is a PC game, right? And Battlefield Four, if ever there was a return to it being a PC game, at least from a technology standpoint, this appears to be it because. Man, it makes my 360 feel like it is really, really struggling to play the game. Yeah, and I, I, I project that there's going to be a a noticeable difference between you know current gen. It's not that it doesn't run; it works. Okay, it sure. works, and the fact that it works is kind of astounding. But don't you give up a lot of the destructibility of the environments, a lot of the size no, of I mean, maps? Look, I mean, I've been playing the ba- so the things about the Battlefield Four beta we can get into as far as a play is it is really cool to watch the buildings come down. When the buildings come down, even on 360, you're getting like this cool debris effect. You're getting lots of smoke and haze. The thing is, it it, it the reason it feels like my machine is struggling to play the game is there are times where there are you know graphical corruptions that happen on the screen in in the fundamental geometry. By the way, There's, my new band is called Graphical Corruptions. Is it? <laughs> Just decided graphical that now. corruptions. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's a Sex Pistols cover band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you got that. You've got, of course, you have screen tearing, but it's just it, it feels. Feels almost like a prototype version in the in the level of detail because there's detail in some things. In other words, there's detail in the soldiers' kits and there's details in some of the pieces in the environment. But there are other times when you when you are looking around and you see walls that are literally just a flat, gray, non-textured, nothing wall. And I'm assuming it's because you know they're at the resource cap for what the hardware can handle. I mean, they are right there at the point where they're like. Well, shit! There is not what. What can we do with this thing? Yeah, and the fact that they've got it running is is quite amazing. I mean, 
it is a huge battle. It is, well, I mean, it is Battlefield again. So, I mean, if you're expecting it to be something other than Battlefield, it, it is Battlefield again. But now it's Battlefield where I'm in a courtyard trying to in a, in a courtyard that is a shopping arcade between two buildings and there are guys on the fifth floor looking down into the atrium through the glass who are you know either protecting me or trying to shoot me but they're vulnerable to the guys who are on top of the 25 story skyscraper <laughs> across the street right. who are providing snow sniper overwatch but they're vulnerable to the guys who are circling around in helicopters who are trying to pick off all these people and help control the snipers so that their guys and their teams can get in to take the cap points and the awesome. the vertical striations that have come through in the game now are are crazy mm-hmm. i mean all of that watch and overwatch and i've got a sniper well i've got a counter counter sniping now is is bigger than ever because there are lots of people who are going to be in snipe spots but you really won't be safe anyplace else and watching the buildings come down and and getting into that whole play of de- of destroying the of the destroying the towers it's it's kind of crazy. It's really cool in a in a game like this to be running through a building and then run into an elevator and punch the elevator button and then you're sort of like John McClane for a minute where you're like exactly my brain does that every time I hop in one of the elevators I punch that button and like I open to that mode and then Ipanema comes on right and then and then because I'm thinking like the second I come out of this door I've got to scan make sure that there is not the enemy up here make sure the enemy isn't watching this make sure I'm not getting sniped at and then figure out what kind of action I can take from here real quickly to score some points before I get the hell out of here because then they're going to know where i am and i've got to move again mm-hmm. yeah and that's battlefield and that's awesome it is and yet i have zero desire to play it on current gen <laughs> zero and i would say <laughs> my experience from having played on the 360 now is that if that is the only way you can play the game it is still battlefield you will still enjoy it if you have the facility to play it on your pc you absolutely want it on pc yeah and if you don't, and you're going to get next gen, wait for next gen. I mean, it's obvious. And, and by the way, I applaud Dice on this. I I, I think it's awesome of Dice to, and they were they were a tech company for a long time. They always have been good for their tech to have taken the tech and said, you know what, fuck it, we're pushing it, we're pushing it hard, and we will, yeah, we will, we will accomplish playability on 360 PS3. But we're going to look at it from that standpoint. We're going to look at it from a standpoint of we will make something that can scale down to where it will just run on them. Right. But that's like running on a low spec PC. But we're going balls to the wall for next gen. Yeah, and I'm really I want I want my balls on that wall. I want my balls on I the wall. I need them on that wall. And then the whole question about, you know, like what do you do after that? I mean it, it it will be curious to me. There's been a lot of excitement around Battlefield. I still wonder though if 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 all of the efforts of EA have been in vain to try and convince a larger scale audience to adopt Battlefield. Because Battlefield has its core audience on the PC, and it's so good and so right there. But I'm, I, I wonder how well you ever convince the console-playing world that it wouldn't rather play a Call of Duty-style sort of game. Because so much of the action in Battlefield is dependent on playing well with your squads, working together in teams, accomplishing different objectives, mm-hmm. playing in roles and, and holding those roles. And at times also the combat is just not as, as visceral. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the gun battles don't take place at 50 meters. They take place at 150 meters. Right. And, and you oftentimes need to see that little X that comes up across the crosshair to know, Oh, I just tagged that guy. And I, I really think of it as tag. You know, like, I think, whereas when you're fighting, when you're playing with the guns in a call of duty game, you know, you get that, that, bullet sucking into the armor noise and you get a lot of tangible feedback that you're firing your gun and that it's hitting your enemy and it's always it's quite often up close and 
and I think that there's something about that that's appealing to the action tilt of the console play. I think you're absolutely right. I, I often describe it, and maybe this is oversimplifying it, but I describe it as that the sitting forward experience or the sitting back experience. And that and PC games that are designed on the PC are often that sitting forward experience where you're you know, you're playing as part of a team that's essential and you're you're you know and high motor. High motor and you're high looking mental at, motor. You're looking in the distance and you gotta pick out things and and while high level play of Call of Duty is is incorporates a lot of those facets, it often amounts to sitting back respawning killing as many people as you can kill respawning kill as many people you, as you can kill by the way you know we got called out by final spartan on the boards for not uh for not talking about ghosts as games we were excited about right i so saw I, that he's like oh yeah sure you'll talk about card you'll talk about card games <laughs> but you're not talking about ghosts and it's funny that that I'd rather came play up card games than ghosts personally but that's just me interesting i you know i I'm guess i'm gonna play it i'm gonna play ghosts personally. yeah so i, I kind of think i almost took for granted that i'll play ghosts i and i i sadly at this point now have given up a lot of optimism on call of duty campaigns yeah and, and they're so always fun it's, it's they're always been, fun. they're popcorn fun yeah. they're it's and, almost been 10 years that's a legit kind of fun right it's yeah. totally legit it'll be popcorn fun but i don't think it'll be serious and then multiplayer it'll be uh, i kind of want to see what happens with the game modes I, I think one of the things honestly that has that has detracted my talking about it is they they made such a thing out of the dog and the dog thing looks so damn hokey it's like, why are you pushing such a yeah. hokey looking mecha? Like, like it's it would it would be it was kind of cool and cute and clever, maybe, oh, oh. maybe. But to make as much of a thing out of it as they did, like, really? Like, this is something you want? They, they make made it? a meme out of it, pretty much. Yeah, and they just kept pushing on that meme until it got old, like memes do. Yeah, I think that it's it's like, you know what, guys? I, I you have a lot more meat, don't don't you? Like tell me, tell me you have more meat than just I'm gonna play the. I'm dog. sure it'll be and crazy over the top fun. It's still a good Call of Duty experience. I mean, from the time I spent in multiplayer, like it, I still had fun with it. Well, I think it's, a lot of the multiplayer stuff is cool. The the briefcase matches looked really fun. I think that looks like really entertaining with the missions that are drop in. Like that's that's a very yeah. nice tack on to the systems that they've that they've come up with before. It's I think just I, hard I, to get. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it's just hard to get really excited about it because we we're almost at the 10 year mark for Modern Warfare. Like it, this this series has been around for a long time and it's right. been chugging every single year. It's not that it's not fun anymore, but you know, we've kind of just been there, done that with, with this. And there's franchise. the other point, you know, for a lot of folks, you know, a lot of folks, they're not going to be buying new consoles mm-hmm. on release day or even this fall. And I think now that having seen the Battlefield 4 beta, that even though we who are core gamers and and have seen this Call of Duty engine go from being the you know the beginnings of the of this high fidelity production to now being behind the curve mm-hmm. that for that hardware for the 360 ps3 hardware it still does a pretty damn good job no doubt and for as hard as battlefield 4 is pushing for pc and next gen stuff i could see a space where there's i could see an outcome where there's people who basically in general look at call of duty ghosts and go well for what i'm playing it on and for what I'm accustomed to seeing it all, I completely agree. But but books. you've also done a great job of explaining why I'm not as excited about it because I and and, and I why a lot of core gamers probably aren't sure. I, and I think that that's not that you, not that ghost players are not core. Why a different sort of co- like right. why there are why there are increasingly more camps within that quote unquote core gamer. Well, that cult world. of the new that I'm firmly a part of, on, you know, for, for good and bad. Cult of the new, cult of the new. You know that <laughs> I want the new. I want the new. The, the new the new whiz the new, bang the new thing. hotness yeah the new hotness and 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 you know the new hotness is new consoles the new hotness is oh it's gonna look better it's gonna be play better it's gonna be more interesting and 
And uh, Call of Duty, as you articulated very well, it, it, it feels like it's maximizing. It's not old and busted, but it's not it, the new hotness. <laughs> right. It's, it's somewhere somewhere like, else. I like how we have gone between. <laughs> I know, like, where did that come from? Came from Men in Black. Yeah. I know. You, you know, even if Battlefield 4 doesn't out, outsell Call of Duty, just the, the pushes that DICE is making with, with the tech is really interesting just because... Right. The cult of the new. <laughs> uh, GNU, I get it. There, I got I it. see what you did there. Because any GNUs the is good buffalo. GNUs. Does anybody I, get that reference? I know you won't because you're too young. I, I, I Sorry, it's a wildebeest. Did you ever watch Great Space Coaster? No. You're probably too old, actually. Oh, <laughs> Now you're well, it's that's a very it. specific. That's it. You are dead now. <laughs> Gary Gnu. Someone call 911. Anybody know that reference? Yep. Anybody? Bueller. But, well, yeah. Even if, even if Battlefield doesn't outsell yes. COD, I, I'm so happy to see that they're moving the tech forward because they're eventually going to bring that stuff to Star Wars. And I want to see what they do with that in a couple of years. Word. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you won't have to wait around a couple of years for the rest of the show. We will come back and... and If I live. (laughs) You're going to live. Uh, Yay! I'm going to live! You're going to live. There might be a torture scene to get through, but you're going to live. Anyway, we'll come back. We'll hit beyond since I teased that already. We got Indicate stuff coming up. Still have some more of your questions. I don't know what else we got going after that, but we'll figure it out. All that when we come back for the second half of Weekend Confirmed. Want to play all the latest video games? Try Gamefly.com, the number one video game rental service. Start your one-month free trial now. Gamefly has over 8,000 titles, including the hottest new releases, like GTA V, Madden 25, and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Here's how easy it is. Just sign up, select your games, and Gamefly will ship them directly to your door. You can keep the games as long as you want, and there are no late fees, and you can cancel at any time. Once you're done playing a game, send it back and Gamefly will send you the next available game on your list. Now, you can also play hundreds of PC games with Gamefly's new unlimited PC play, free for members. Gamefly also saves you money by letting you try your favorite games before buying them. If you really like a game, simply click Keep It on the Gamefly website and it's yours at a deeply discounted price. Start your one-month free trial now. Simply sign up Pick your games, and Gamefly will rush them to your door. Go to Gamefly.com, that's G-A-M-E-F-L-Y.com, and sign up today. <laughs> Just for you, everybody. Brand new reading of Enthusiasm. That. See? We, it, it takes a while, but you get a new reading of that. <laughs> See? Don't kill me. Although people were liking the uh, creepy Uncle Jeff read for a while. Yeah. They, I, won't, I, I won't kill you today. The t- thank you. The today at the end of that, I think it's going to get... <laughs> Get today. 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 Uh, well. Something Ozzy brought up while we were uh, uh, canoodling during the, yeah. during the during the break there. Just be happy you weren't here for that. <laughs> <laughs> Is the <laughs> God? I wish I didn't watch Kevin Smith movies because horrible things come into your mind after. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, was that at the transition point? We were talking about gun, and at the transition point for gun, one of the things that was different about that era was keep in mind most of us still had four by three sd televisions yeah and you know you were hooking up your 360 to a sd television and so yeah the differences between gun on a ps2 and on 360 not that great if noticeable at all because one was playing on hard one was designed for and playing on hardware designed to output to that sd screen and one was trying to cobble in some hd features and then was being spit out by your 360 back to your 4x3 television you're like oh well this doesn't you know like what's the big deal i don't Mm. like i don't see anything this time most of us are running hdmi connections at this point right so this time you know 
that delta, if it's there, is going to be very readily visible. I mean, you're going to get it right there. You're going to be like, okay, you know what? Now I've been watching my I've been watching my HDTV for three or four or five years, and I've been watching my 360 for three or four or five years, and now when I get my you know PS4, Xbox One, bam. There's there's my division. There's that division. Or you go to a friend's house and they didn't get a new machine and they've got, you know, Black Flag running on their 360 or PS3 and you go home and you've got it on your PS4 or Xbox One right. and you can say like with your 4K TV. Be like, "Yeah, fuck you, motherfucker. Look how good that shit looks. That's why I spent $700 to play Assassin's <laughs> to be, Creed. To have this look slightly better. <laughs> I'm awesome." Exactly. And then your buddy goes and takes his girlfriend out for dinner and he's like, "All right, have a good time. Cheers." <laughs> like I have no more money. <laughs> You're like, all right, well, I used to have a girlfriend, but I got Assassin's Creed right now, bitches. <laughs> I will. I, uh... All right. So uh, back to that story about people getting torn by reviews. A lot of people getting torn by reviews over Beyond. Yes. Uh, obviously, it was it's a story of two souls. <laughs> it was the best of souls. It was the worst of souls. And... Uh, you're not going to like me because uh, I... I already don't. <laughs> Well then, my mission here is done. Uh, that because I, um, I'm not going to come down. I'm not gonna. I haven't made up my mind. That's fine. Why am I not going to like you for that? That's. Uh, I'm. I have precious little to say about Beyond at this point. I mean, we can talk about it. Um, I'm. I how ha- would how would you respond to the complaints? Such as our own Andrew. By the way, re- the only reason Andrew's not here is New York Comic Con is on, and so he's up in uh, New York covering Comic Con for us. And I'm sure when he's back, he can talk some more about Beyond. I'm sure we'll probably want to talk some more about Beyond. Yeah. I more haven't his, finished it, or, or so not, because he really didn't like it that much. He really didn't like it that much, <laughs> and his feelings to to summarize them without getting into any sort of spoiler territory are that the game mechanically evolved, and that in that Cage and Quantic got better at the mechanics of playing the game, but that the narrative and especially the writing completely collapsed and let them down. Well, I, that is, that is the reason that I am reserving judgment is because I haven't finished it yet. And uh, I'm sure you guys have heard at this point that the game is very, very nonlinear. That That was, that was another of his big complaints. Yeah. Well, I think that he, that it can be a complaint certainly, but it's certainly, it's not, on the face of it, something that's bad. It's it's just a decision that that particular uh, designer wanted to go with, and it either will work at the end or it won't. And that's why I'm reserving judgment on that particular Fair. facet of it, because the way the game plays at this point is that you're dropped into this woman's life at different points, and you're jumping around, and they're very disparate places and times. And you know, one minute she's 21, then she's five, then she's so 12. So time traveler's wife. But even less coherent than time travel because at least time traveler's wife, you've got one character who's linear <laughs> and the other who isn't. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, th- this is uh, the the disparity between I- I'm I'm at the point at this uh, where I am in the game, which is several hours in, where it's amazing that this woman did all this stuff. You know, it's like, well, what? Wow! <laughs> I mean, she's in the CIA, and then she's homeless, and then she's this, she's that. Um, so. I hope that this stuff comes together in some kind of coherency and perhaps the reason people are so down on it is that it does not. I don't know. Uh, but I will tell you this, each of those vignettes, which is kind of how it feels. It feels like you, you each level is a little vignette of a slice of her life. Each of those vignettes so far I've found very interesting and very fun and, and found the writing within each to be pretty good. 
so I'm not having that issue right now because I've sort of given myself over to trusting that I'm just going to be experiencing these these little moments as bits of a bigger puzzle. And it does feel like a big puzzle that you're seeing, uh, you know, scattered in all over the place. And maybe I can understand how people might get frustrated if that ends up not ending up building to anything. Um, but I will say that some of the rev- reviews I've read where people are saying that it never, it is devoid of, uh, what was it? One, some, somebody said it was devoid of, um, of, um, soul. No, no, <laughs> of uh, tension. That is, I can definitely say that has not been the case for me whatsoever. I am definitely tense. And I think a lot of... Well, that argument was made based on the fact that you learn at the very beginning of the game that she survives the whole thing. Which lets, so but, 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 like, but they spoiled their own game. But see, I think that misses the point. And I think that misses I, the that's point. A, you can make that argument. I think that misses the point of the entire type of game that this is. It's about the journey. Well, exactly. And it's about crafting that journey and the specifics of that journey. Because all the people that say, oh, with Quantic Dream Games, I don't have to play it. It'll just, it's just a thing. If I didn't do anything, it would still go on. It's like, yeah, okay. That's kind of what I like about it is that there are fewer, uh, fewer of these end game uh, fail states that I, you know, always rail against. And it's not about winning. These games aren't about winning the game. It's about telling no, the story. It's about I, how your particular input crafted those moments because the moments change and shift based on your input. And, sure. And I find, just like in uh, The Walking Dead or Heavy Rain or any uh, adventure game that is narrative-based, that I am invested a lot in the very minute details of how this story unfolds. I think that the crux of the argument, though, compared to heavy rain is that at the at the outcome of heavy rain a significant amount of life and death depended on decisions that you had made okay and you did not see any of that coming or or if you saw it coming you didn't know exactly how it was going to work out. and you're also drawn through that story by a mystery a dangling mystery that's throughout the entire from date from moment this is different from that for sure okay however I think that the, and maybe I'm giving him a lot of credit uh, because again, I have not finished the game. So I don't know how this all, what this all adds up to. But for me, the, the moments that I've played so far are giving me little snippets of life. And uh, I find them very interesting. I find the, the relationship of the supernatural in the game to be really interesting. Let me me ask you a theory, a theory question. Sure. Because one of the things I think it's really interesting that you bring to looking at this game is that you're an actor. And so you spend sure. a significant you spend a significant amount of your life looking at screenplays and reading screenplays and and not only projecting yourself as a character into the screenplay but assessing them and understanding them. What does a good nonlinear storytelling screenplay need to do to need to accomplish to be successful? In other words, what 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 are those some of those what are some of the pieces that need to happen to make it work right? Well, I think I think it starts with compelling characters, and I think one of the 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 uh, detriments uh, of this game and one of the things I've seen people critique about it is that really you only have one. You have mm. uh, Jody, uh, the central character of the game. And everybody else I- isn't particularly well drawn. Uh, it's really all just about her. And I think that's valid, but I, I also find my 
relationship with Jody to be really interesting. I, I passionately want her to behave in certain ways. Uh, there's a sequence that I just played. I won't spoil anything, but that where I'm given choices as to how to make money. And I was super invested in some of those choices. I was, I, I didn't want her to make certain decisions or do certain things that I felt would compromise her as a person. And a, uh, a more cynical view of the game is it doesn't really matter how she makes the money or doesn't make the money. It, because the choices that you're making along that journey are, do you do it this way or that way? And I suppose that if you look at this as a video game that I'm trying to win or to get to the end of, you can just say, well, who cares? But that's, I think that misses the point of what this thing is trying to do. That's really interesting if I'm hearing correctly. So what you're saying, what you're thinking about is that I'm, I'm going to be presented with these choices. And at the end of the day, at the close of my succeeding through this section, I'm going to have $200 in my bank or whatever the hell it is. I'm just $200 arbitrary number made up. Yeah. It's, and, and for it's, some people, for some people, the fact that I had choices to make, but they all led to two hundred dollars in my bank, negates the validity of the choices because I didn't actually make any choices. What you're saying it, is that no, that the two hundred dollars is just the outcome. That's not a big deal. What's important is what did my character's experience look like as I got to that point. Exactly, and and it's the same uh, criticism that a lot of people leveled at Walking Dead. Yeah, is that because there was only one ending, and you only get you get there eventually anyway it didn't matter that the game somehow wasn't about choice that it cheated your choices because the end was predestined in a certain respect but i find my the way i experience these games is that i'm crafting this tale and just because i don't have any control over how it ends doesn't mean that the journey along the way isn't vitally important and i want my character my experience through that world to have certain twists and turns that I determine. And and that may be just be my particular personality and how I enjoy these kinds of games and the fact that I do enjoy these kinds of games. And other people really want to be able to say, I either, you know, I either turned into the princess or I turned into the uh you know evil warlord. Frog. Right. Better. Uh so and I, I I get that. I just don't have that need. I I like the fact that winding my way through these tales i feel very invested in in the decisions that are made and these quantic dream games reward me moment to moment by having that stuff all lead to slightly different scenarios and uh outcomes so so when i do something or don't do something when i'm successful in a qte for example i don't just keep repeating that qte until i get it right which a lot of people are like, well, it doesn't matter. I just don't even have to touch any buttons. The still, game still plays. Well, yeah, but what happens is based on whether I did that correctly or not, and I don't get a second chance. That moment of my life when I was playing that game, I either did it or didn't. And because I did it or didn't, something happened or didn't happen. So it, I think it's even more fun and more interesting because hmm. that unique thing happened to me rather than when you played it, a u- different unique thing happened to you. And that's why I love Heavy Rain so much because it brought that into video game. It made interactive storytelling compelling because it wasn't about the mechanics. It was about you determine the story. You, your actions, your interactivity has very real results. And when you discuss playing Heavy Rain with people, 
They're like, wait, wait, what? That didn't, didn't happen to me. This happened to me, you know? And I already know several moments in beyond where I messed up doing a QTE and I, and I know for a fact that something else would have happened. Did I get to the same next chapter in her life? Yeah. Yes, I did. But how I got there was vastly different than somebody else. It's interesting how how you how you as a player approach this game is going to determine in great part how you respond to well, it. Well, I think that res- that's why we're seeing these wildly vacillating reviews where people are like, this is stupid. I just don't think it's stupid. I happen to really dig that kind of... So So if characters are one part of holding together a, a nonlinear timeline, what, what are some other ones? Is it like tempo, pacing? Give me some sure. more. Give me some actor's analysis of, of, of the way it's put together. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here, but... Um... Yeah, I mean, I certainly... That's temp- the nature of the show. <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn in my, my dramatic arts degree. Uh, I, don't, I haven't earned it. Um, I, uh, I, it's certainly tempo, certainly pacing. And, and I think... To and how does this game approach them? Uh, it certainly doesn't... Uh, it, it, it allows... It's another thing I like about Quantic Dream games. And it's something that people probably don't. Is that it allows for moments of downtime. I mean, I, mm-hmm. in this game already, I have spent about 15 minutes of my life having a little tea party with some dollies up in my room as a five-year-old girl. Did it advance the story? Did it do anything? Was there any action? No, but I interacted in that world. I lived in that world and I role-played that little girl mm-hmm. and, and I enjoyed that. It I, speaks volumes to the engagement you're having with the game. Exactly. And, and. You know, the same thing in Heavy Rain, people are like, I fucking made eggs in that game. I I had to waggle my thing to make eggs. And I'm like, yeah, I made eggs in that game. You know, I've never done that in a video game before. I've never lived a life by, of this character. I've It's always been edited out, you know? And I think that that's a really interesting way of putting me in that place and in that time. And giving me an experience that is unlike my own, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I value that. But, but yes, to speaking to, this, to the pace issue in particular, the game certainly allows for a lot of what you would consider downtime or, you know, it's, it's a slow, at, at times it's freaking, I mean, you're on a train and there's guys attacking you and you've, there's a lot more fighting in this game than there ever was in, in Heavy Rain. Mm. Um, That's, doesn't bode well to me though well i mean yeah in a lot of ways i feel like i have ha- i have definitely had the thought of man they really felt the pressure to put in more stuff like this because there's like and the, is it good well i'll or tell you how, this the mechanics the mechanics are really cool they really figured out a way to make qtes without a button prompt on your screen and that's how, cool how did they do that well she'll start um, like let's say she's in a fight right and a, two guys are coming at her uh, a guy starts swinging his arm and she will make a move and the game will kind of go into slow motion and you will move your stick in a way that continues her move. So her arm will sort of start coming forward and you push forward and she finishes the punch. Hmm. So it kind of gives you contextual clues as to which direction a place to move that right. But there's stick. not a prompt on the screen. There's not. I mean, there's obviously lots of prompts on the screen in the game, but in these QTE moments, these quick action moments, uh-huh. It trains you in the beginning. You have to do a train, literally a training sequence okay. uh, to do it because uh, she's like in the CIA training, you know. Um, but it, I found that to be awesome because it really takes, it keeps you in the game rather than where's the A button, where's the move left button or prompt, you know. Um, 
and uh, and and it still is still a skill. It's still tricky because sometimes it's not super clear which direction she's moving, and you can mess it up, and you can, and it still comes out of nowhere sometimes, like a QT. How much does. time do you have to react to these? Not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not a lot. Just gonna, no, it's just like gonna... a, it's just like a QTE. It's just, and a lot of people hate QTEs, and I get that too. But I found this the 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 thing that I hate about QTEs oftentimes is the fact that I'm in a game and then or I'm in a story and then all of a sudden this giant left button comes up and, and then they're always tied to fail states, which drive me nuts. Right, which this game does away with completely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how you respond to the remainder of the game. Yeah. Hopefully, Andrew will be able to join us next week. And with any luck, maybe I'll have had a chance to play it some by then. Although I do have uh, I do have Diablo 3 still sitting there on my mm. table calling my name. I, by the way, I didn't launch into that because Battlefield 4 beta came up and I'm like, oh, I should really get into this. And then I keep, like I said, I keep getting pulled back to... GTA. Uh, to GTA. And, oh, and I'm in, game to be and I'm in the four stream leagues, uh, Madden league. So that's know. like a whole night in and of itself, right? No, it's only like an hour to play the game. Oh. I mean, we just, we just play our games and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good enough to play that I can play on that amount of basis and still be good at it. And right, what's your record? Uh, one in one. <laughs> Beat Rich. Rich is uh, Rich coming up on the tailgate from the Press Row podcast. Nice. Uh, he and I, he was playing the Giants and I'm the Cowboys. And in the opener, uh, you know, it, was, it didn't go too much differently from the real opener this season. <laughs> I, I, really? I nabbed, that bad, huh? I nabbed six interceptions from him. Wow. Yeah, six interceptions. Wow. I guess Madden really is... Uh well modeled after uh, and then, the, but then you know what the, here's the thing is like this week uh unfortunately the person i was going to play was on cpu and so i had to play the chiefs on cpu and i just got worked over by the game there are so many times in new madden that just feel like the game's rubber banding and mm. and and taking over and anyway that's super annoying anyway i'm really excited to see uh how you finish up on beyond i'm yeah. very enthusiastic to play it uh, and of course you know regardless I think that a uh, really great testament to where Sony's head is creatively that uh, Shuhei Yoshida has already come out in support of Quantic Dream's next game Ooh. for next gen and said he's excited to see what they're doing about it. And, and I feel like that was almost a preemptive strike to say, yeah, you know what? We've played this game. We know Beyond is going to split people. We know that there are going to be people who are going to say, I, yeah, I don't it, it like it. It almost felt kind of reactionary in a way. Uh, well, I think we're coming when it did that it was a strike time to be out there at the same time as the first reviews hit. Right. It's like, yeah, you know what? We that that, that was that reactionary would be saying it now. Saying it when he did was was, you know what? We know how these reviews are going to go. We've played this game and we are 100% confident in these guys because And it's admirable that they're standing that. by it. Yeah, and that they're backing that they're continuing at a triple A level to put that emphasis on creative as they're doing in the indie space so strong now. Well, I'll tell you this, I, I, you know, it, I don't want to bring up the whole video games as art thing, but any piece of art, I think pretty much the, 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 uh, the, a way you can determine if something's a great piece of art is if it's divisive and, and the, the best thing is, you can say about something is that a lot of people love it and a lot of people hate it. it having it, having everyone love something is generally a bad thing and <laughs> for, for movies and novels and you I've, know. Said could, the, could I've you even said the same thing about covering video games I've had the same thoughts all the way going back to one up you know if people were hated what I was writing or loved what I was writing yeah. that was great but if I wrote something and they were like oh it's alright I was like right. really exactly why well, did well, I and if you that, look oh, if, go ahead wasn't that a similar kind of reception that Heavy Rain got it was kind of that same kind of divisive reaction and then it, it aged pretty well like a lot of people look back at it a lot more fondly than we it was go a back to- and look. totally think, a rad show game of the year. I think Heavy Rain was a little skewed, a little more strongly positive than this had. 
I don't think it had as many negative responses. I think there were people who didn't click to didn't click to and or enjoy the dead end or or death ends of the game and the fact that it played through and that but they had that 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 sense of video gamer i want to be accomplishing everything there is to accomplish by playing through the game and there are people that I, I, and i think there's still i mean look there's people who are going to play this game same, same thing you, you're not going to you're not going to accomplish win you're not going to get an accomplishment win on the game right. because you're not you just can't do all of the things and get well, everything and to be fair a lot of people criticize the writing in heavy rain as well yeah the writing yeah. well it was not genius no it, it, it yeah it was it was very uh it was very genre and 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 yeah i and I think that's a fair taste issue as well, and I hope that I'd love to see some. End, I'd love I to love see better writing. writing come into come into our games. You know, I, I was thinking about oh, this. Sure. You're talking about playing GTA. Actually, there there are little snippets in GTA where the writing is actually pretty decent, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a character comes on screen, and you're like, "Oh my god, this idiot is a buffoon." Well, I'll tell but, you, this not idiot just is a buffoon, and this buffoon is I mean, an idiot. Like, but, <laughs> but isn't but hasn't the writing been getting better in some of those top tier games like the Walking, them, yeah. like the oh, Walking sure. Dead oh, and, the, like, and the, Witch, the Witcher Two? Yeah, like, exemplary. Yeah, of course. I, and we're we're trending in that direction. But I I hear what you're saying as well. And I had the experience. I don't know if you've had a chance to see Gravity yet. I haven't. Well, this isn't a spoiler at all, but uh, well, I am really dying to see it. I want to go see it on Atmos because there's an Atmos screen. And you should see it on IMAX if you have a chance. But to do Atmos, seventy-six discrete speakers throughout the theater. Well, like, that's cool. But I think IMAX is in three D. Well, Atmos is three D. Atmos is also three D. It's just different three D process. Anyway, anyway, there are a couple of moments in that <laughs> movie Pope. where uh, it goes into a first-person perspective, like Doom the movie. Is yeah, the, is the rock but way there? better? Uh, and uh, I couldn't help but feel that. Uh, this is how video games are going to look someday. This is how video games are going to look pretty soon. Oculus Rift. I, I don't Oculus know. Oculus Rift is taking it in that direction. Well, no, I don't mean I don't mean the 3D aspect of it or anything like that. I just mean because ninety percent of the movie is CG, uh, and so he, when games games are going to look that good, I want them to make me feel like Gravity made me feel because gra- it's an it's an extraordinary experience. You've always said you want the holodeck. I do. And and my counter argument to that continues to be that the reason I don't want the holodeck is because I want the creative artistry of a fantasy world. Couldn't the holodeck give you that though? It could. Sure. But I mean but I of course it could. I want the holodeck but I mean, for going into freaking uh you, but, go to Sherlock Holmes times like they did in the next generation. Well, I, I want to go to uh, uh freaking You're missing uh, maybe that was not the best example. But I, what I was saying I was saying that the like the typical thing that I think of with the holodeck is a accurate recreation of a historic thing. Whereas what I want is a fantastical representation. Of course, the holodeck could be programmed to do that. So, sure. so yeah. clearly you're, you're like, but I, what I, I don't want, I don't want that through the first person gravity. It looks like I'm in space. All I, I don't mean, I, I want my games to be, more fantastical, more creatively nuanced. And, you want to go to Azeroth? Well, yeah, wherever, dude. wherever it might be. Or if I if I'm my floating po- through space, I want it to be you know floating through space, space with the super defense fortress next to me. Well, yeah. I mean, we all want Ready Player One. Let's do it. Make it happen. Yeah. But I, I, I yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But my point was more to the fact that. Gravity as a narrative experience brought oh, me to, okay. brought me I thought, to I thought a place. Visuals, okay. Well, I started there and was trying to relate it to like we're going to get visually where that movie is. I want to get 
experientially where that movie is. I want to get to the point where interactive entertainment is as I am friggin' having an experience like I had with. uh, Well, I think we'll see more. I think we'll see more pushes that way as, as you know, a couple of three years ago, a few years ago, (laughs) um, you know, there was a movement amongst movie production teams and talents to look into what they could do in the game world. And that sort of cooled off as they realized they Yeah, where's that Guillermo del Toro game that he was making? It cooled off when they realized they, you know, couldn't get where they wanted to then. But again, as these things cycle back around and maybe, maybe it'll come from different arenas or maybe it'll come through different ways. I, I think that you will see that. I think you'll see more interactive entertainment like that. The, the reason I brought up the Oculus Rift is because it kind of does give you that sensational experience. Like when I tried sensorily, it, yeah. sensorily, yeah. Like when I tried it out at Indicade, one of the games I tried out was a horror game called Dread Halls. And when you're wearing the headset and you realize that you're kind of in that world and you're seeing a dimly lit environment, and you, you just hear hear things creaking out of corners and whatever, and you're just walking through this castle, not expecting, and something jumps out at you, and you realize there's nowhere you can go, like. That that's a sensory experience. Yeah, Oculus Rift horror games are gonna make for some good YouTube videos. Oh <laughs> yeah, there already there already are some out there. I was yeah. I was finding yesterday. Oh dear. All <laughs> right, so that uh, wet your appetite a little bit for Indiecade. Stick around because when we come back on the uh, other side to launch into the final segment for this weekend confirmed, uh, we will get our Indiecade update from Ozzy, who is there and saw quite a few games other than just Oculus Rift, and he will give us a full report when we come back. We will have a uh, track information for you in the show notes, but now we will waste no time because Ozzy is ready to do lightning round. I'm not so I'm not so good at the lightning round. It was as your choice. Uh, you, you actually looked at me and said, "I want to do lightning round." Well, it, it's probably the best idea because I have about eight or nine titles to go through. But all right, so lightning round, Ozzy. What's the first one? Go. All right, first one is a quadrilateral cowboy from uh, Blendo Games. They're the guys that did uh, Thirty Flights of Loving. The big winner of Indicate. That was a big winner. It won the Grand Jury Award. Uh, this is like kind of like a high sabotage type of game. Like you're you're going in and you're trying to break into facilities. You're trying to hack into these little these little areas. You grab a thing of interest. You go back to the extraction point. The thing that's really interesting about this game is that when you think of like hacking type things, you're thinking of like a little mini game that they have you play. No, this is right. actually hacking. Like you're actually typing in code and you're like what? Like right? Like let's say you look at the door for example, and outside the door it'll have a label like door seven. You go into your hacking tool, you type in door open dot door seven parentheses, however many seconds you want. It's a really cool little mechanic, a different way to 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 have you hack into hack into stuff. And it's it was a short demo. Like I got through like maybe a tutorial quick tutorial and like one quick level. But it's it has a lot of potential. I look forward to seeing more of it. So uh, it sounds like it's time to have Brendan back on the game again, on the uh, show again. Remember we had him on uh, a couple of years ago. He asked about you guys too. Oh, when, that's when, nice. I, when I talked to him, he's on, cool. Uh, Friday, he's super but, awesome. Oh yeah, I'm sure he'd love to be back. Brendan, I know you listen some. So brother, whenever you want to give us a shout, come on. We'll talk games or whatever. But obviously, would love to talk about this game because it sounds like a really cool idea to actually have the player engaged in 
what what simulates hacking and not oh i'm going to connect wires and do like a pipes game yeah because yeah. that's like that's always like the pipes game right it's it like the pipes game i kind of like the pipes, the pipes game. game the pipes <laughs> game is fun or even yeah. like matching lights like in something like dead space 3 where we're like i really liked it in um a deus ex the latest deus ex human revolution it was cool because you're like looking at code i mean it was still just a it's still just like, still a fake match, yeah. Right. The like, director's cut's coming out in a couple weeks for that too, like hmm. uh, the Wii U version and like the upgraded ones for a three sixteen PS three. Really? Think, finally? Yeah. 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 Did they? I was following this, but I will admit to my ignorance. Maybe you know, Ozzy. Will the director's cut on three sixteen and PS three include the new boss fights? Uh, yes, they will. Ah, yeah, because so. they they buckled to pressure. Like there was a lot of Good. there was a lot of backlash that it was only coming to the Wii U. So I think Ubisoft just said that yeah, we'll bring it out for for mm-hmm. the other consoles as well. Okay, so second game is uh, Octodad Adley's Catch. And I remember having so much fun with this last time I played it at E3, where you were going through the whole wedding, wedding day and all that stuff. This is a day in the life of Octodad, where you're, you're getting out of bed, you're, you're trying to hit an alarm clock with your whatever tentacles and all that, and you basically just have to do Octodad's daily chores. Okay, so first of all, we, we have to explain these games better for people <laughs> listening. Let's, let's, let's start, stop for one second and okay. catch, up, catch up Quadrilateral Cowboy because you told us about the hacking mechanic. But what does the game look like? What am I doing? Is it a third-person adventure uh, game? Am I uh, running for, a player it, around? It, What's it, my it, goal? It, it, it's, a, it's a first-person like, you know. So heist. it's first-person. Yes, and it's, uh, and it's to, a heist game. Yes. So it's, it's kind of, it's I don't want to say like a first-person Monaco, but like a first-person... Eh, I, 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 so infiltrating structures, yes, using this using this hacking mechanic and basically being a like uh, a techie stealthy. It, yeah, the whole idea that cyber uh, criminal. Exactly, the whole idea that Brendan was telling me is that you're a cyber criminal and you're trying okay. to uh, sabotage your rivals. Okay. Okay. So now move on to Octodad. Tell us about like. Uh, Octo- a, paint Octo- the picture. What does Octodad look like on the screen? <laughs> Octodad, you're basically just a giant octopus in a, in a, in a blue suit. Like you're you're an anthropomorphic octopus, and you live with this and hum- a father. Yeah, that's right. You have a human wife, two human kids. Everyone around you is just like, "Yep, that's just some dude." Like they're convinced that you're a, you're a human person, even though you move like an octopus. And on the PS4, this is like just, the ultimate evolution of tentacle porn. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! I can't believe I, I was thinking of it more as a metaphor for the fact that a dad is pulled in eight different directions all the time. <laughs> Shows you where our minds yeah. are. And it is you use you use the analog sticks and you use the trigger, the shoulder triggers, to move his arms around and just like do daily do like little menial tasks. Like in the case of this demo, one of the things you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go in the backyard and you're supposed to flip burgers and serve and serve them to your kids who are waiting at the picnic table. Trying to reach out for those burgers with with the stick is just so it's hard, but it's a lot of fun, and it's really hilarious as hell to watch. You draw crowds playing that game. This is the same case at E3, too, where it's just so funny to look at. You'll start drawing crowds of, like, seven or eight people just watching you try and play this game. <coughs> and then, like, you're just flopping around, dragging these burgers along on the ground, climbing on the table in a futile effort to try and serve the burgers. And your kids are just there, just, like, reading their books. Like, it's a normal thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> there's a brilliant idea i think it's brilliant the absurdity and recklessness of it is what makes it funny i know this, this is a game has been a long time in the coming is, is there a release date uh should be out by the end of the year on P, oh. on uh, ps4 and pc i believe very so, cool and the the other the other thing that they set up was you actually do ha- there actually is a little bit of tension in this game they started to set up a little bit of plot because the kids start to tell you they're like oh dad the chef's been asking about you again <laughs> and like at, at the end of the demo like you see like, don't want it to become takoyaki dad yeah <laughs> at, at the end of the demo like the chef just busts through the through the fence and just like it sets up like a confrontation and everything because believe it or not the chef thinks this guy is a giant octopus 
Go figure. I know. And he, and he wants to serve him up for dinner. So it, the way I would describe it is, do you, you guys are Animaniacs fans, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Chicken Boo? The giant no. chicken. No. Oh my goodness. It, it, this is basically that, that whole premise is that everyone thinks this guy's a person, but he's really just a giant animal. That's cool. It's just so fun. And it's so much fun to play. So that one's coming by the end of the year, PS4 and PC. Rezogun. And I know that we've been talking on the show a lot. Dude, I'm on the but, Rezogun train. Putting yeah. It, put it in my face. Sh- uh, shoot him up, you know, arcade style, like old school. Only instead of like going from left to right, you're on a cylinder and you go like you, you try and clear out enemies in front of you. You try and look out behind you. You try and save humans to get power ups. You face giant bosses at the end and it looks gorgeous. Oh my God. Running at 60 frames a second, full 1080p. It looks beautiful. And we were talking about what's going to be that downloadable title that kind of takes the spotlight from the retail ones. This might be it. I can't wait. I It's... It 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 reminds me a lot of Geometry Wars in, in the sense of its, its simplistic premise, and yet it's so fast. I mean, you, you, it's got it's got a boost mechanism in it, and you're like you're boosting around the cylinder, and things are going by at crazy speed. And it, we we talked about you know the bunch of the uh, particle effects. They're not actually particles; they're voxels, mm-hmm. and yeah, it can right. run hundreds. That of was thousands, hard to believe. I hundreds believe of that. thousands of volumetric pixels on the screen at a time, and it's just it's just phenomenal how good it looks and how crisp and sharp it plays. It has that that you know perfected touch to the yeah, to the controls that's that, that that's necessary for this yeah. sort of game and yeah Housemark just really on their game with this one and I was truly terrible at it when I started and it'll rub it in too whenever you lose all your lives and it'll post to like this is how long you survived so it's, it's I agree w- with your assessment one hundred percent Oz it's one of those it's one of those games that you're just gonna want to pick up and keep playing it's 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 an arcade title through and through and I that scoreboarding thing with Geometry Wars and the same thing and yeah we and we had that sort of with Super Stardust but I think it's gonna kick into it into a, even a higher gear with with Resogun it's 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 that cool and that good. And you know, based on it being out there as one of the free titles on Plus, probably that, that, I think that that's going to be the big that one. ubiquitous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next one is Shovel Knight, and this one's been a Kickstarter uh, Kickstarter success story. Basically, it's like an, a really retro, old school, right down to eight bit graphics. It's like kind of kind of like an eight bit side scroller, and you control like a knight of like the Arthurian Round Table, and your weapon of choice is a shovel. So <laughs> you basically, go around shoveling bad guys. It's play. It's like a holy cross between Ducktales and Mega Man. It it feels it feels like it's so much fun, like it's Mega Man in terms of like the level design, the mini bosses, and like the platforming. There are there are certain like platforming elements that'll make you think back to some of the hardest Mega Man sequences. Like there's one where you see like these uh, enchanted books, and you're supposed to use your shovel as like kind of a pogo type of deal to open the books. And when you open the books, platforms appear overhead, so you have only X amount of time to get across before the books close up and the platforms disappear. It it has that kind of retro eight bit difficulty. There's there's a treasure hunting motif, which is part of the reason I compare it to Ducktales. Is that you're it has that scoreboard element. You're trying to collect as much treasure as you can. Mm. You find piles of dirt along you go. You, you shovel them up. You collect the treasure. And when you and whenever you die, you lose about a third of it and into like winged pieces of chicken or winged treasures that just kind of hang over your either over your corpse or over the cliff where you fell off. And when you come back, you can actually collect them again it has that it scratches that retro 8-bit itch i absolutely love the game it looks really good on wii u like i was surprised about that and they're ho- shovel knight and they're hoping to add some meverse features which because i was asking so about, this is on this is on wii this is going to be on wii and it's going to be on steam it's gonna i'm be sorry on, wii u i guess oh uh, we it's going to be on wii u it's going to be on 3ds and it's going to be on pc mac and linux 
And mm. one of the things they're trying to do, because Wii U and 3DS were originally a stretch goal, and one of the things that they want to do is they kind of want to take advantage of those platforms beyond just having you play on the gamepad. They want to add Miiverse features, like whether they want to do like a bestiary like Dark Souls, or whether they want to do like like uh, have Miiverse people like start commenting on like certain parts of the parts of each level of like how hard it is or give you tips on how to beat it like it's 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 that type it's that type of game i absolutely love 8-bit platformers and this is going to be one that i look forward to they're shooting for the winter for release on this and did they seem pretty far along and i like they it looks really far along they said that they have not yet started on the 3ds version like they've kind of hmm. sort of got very in the very early stages but they said that they brought the wii u up to speed with the pc version in a couple of weeks like in about two weeks so, oh. so development time shouldn't take too long. It should be out probably February or March at the latest. Very cool. All right. Uh, next one is uh, next one is Need Hog, and this is one another one that's been in development for forever. It's a one on one. It this one uses like more like Atari twenty six hundred style graphics, and it's like a one on one fencing game. It's get across the room. Right. The, pretty, the, pretty much. The objective of the game is get across the room. Frogger. Yeah. That's so Frogger. <laughs> not, sort of, get, not get across the street. It, yeah, except oh, it's except me. it's presented uh, profile, so it's mm. left to right. Right, and the, you can only move you can only move forward whenever you kill your opponent. So basically, you go on offense by killing the other guy and moving forward. And the it's just so back and forth with all the techniques that you can use. You can either just go straight straight up and run them through with your sword. You can chuck your sword at them, or you can just like you know go melee attack and just like start like wrestling them down to the ground. Or you can wait for them across a cliff. There are a lot of different techniques you can use, but it's it's just so frantic and so much fun. And I, I was really surprised how much depth that kind of game can have because it looks really simple on the surface. It it does, but I I mean that's the deception of any game like that where it's a, it's it's this is another one of those games that it's in the playing. It's a it's it's deceptive in that it is sort of simple to get into, but it's a matter of that whole Rochambeau thing, right? It's mm. like, how do I attack? When do I attack? How does they, how did they counter? What's their counter? It's another one of those, and it was another one of those games that was also at the uh, eSports tent, which w- it makes me wonder how this, how well this is going to play competitively. So <laughs> that should be really interesting to see. I hadn't thought of that. That's uh, interesting. There, there's another one, a platformer called Tesla Grad. And Tesla Grad is like a Metroidvania type of game where, where you're trying to, you know, I don't remember where you're trying to go to because when when I played through the demo, I played for about 15, 20 minutes and I wound up going in a giant circle. So that <laughs> That's a Metroidvania right there. So, you, <laughs> so basically you explored around in a circle and realized, oh, I could have gone this other direction. Uh, the gimmick on this one though is that you're, you have a gauntlet and the gauntlet is uh, operates on the principle of magnetism. So you'll see like, like little blue platforms, little red platforms. And depending on what uh, shoulder trigger you hit, you can either attract yourself to it or you can repel. And you, and you kind of use that principle to... Get across air, get across spikes, get across areas, or you can use it to like bring down platforms and like kind of crush right. it, crush enemies below you, and you use them to open doors. It is Metroidvania in the sense that you get really lost, but I found the premise, the idea of the magnet of the magnetic gauntlets, really interesting, and I kind of look forward to seeing where that one goes. Tesla, that, what was the name? Uh, of it? Tesla Grad. Tesla Grad, and what's that coming out on? That one's coming out on Wii U and PC, but that one's early in development. It should be probably about another year or so off, but. And you could kind of tell because there were certain rough patches so where it got a little laggy. One of the things that's very fascinating, if you have now caught the whiff of this, is that Nintendo had a strong presence at, in, at IndieCade. This is actually Nintendo's first year there. And huh. it, it's also the first time, that, at least that I know of, that they have had a booth, that a, a Nintendo booth, without any first party in it. Wow. Because this wasn't a first party event. Right, like, yeah. It was a legit Nintendo booth, but it was a Nintendo booth to promote publishing your games hey, on the gotta Wii give them store. credit for that man that's that's yeah 
I think know, they're starting to realize that the third party thing is probably not going to happen. Like you're starting to see Ubisoft is kind of jumping ship on them. Assassin's Creed 4 isn't going to have any DLC on Wii U. And you already see that Watch Dogs is kind of in that nebulous state between current and next gen. Nintendo's kind of starting to see that third party isn't really going to pan out, at least not for the next couple of years. So they want to go the next route. They want indie developers. They want someone who's enthusiastic to work with their platform. Yeah, and that and I think that's going to work and out very well. They need for them. to bring content to the platform, and yeah. this is a great good good on them. Yeah, and, and a lot obviously of those games would be folks. would probably be great on that little screen too. You know, you know, as long as we're on the Wii U, I guess that'll take me to the next one, and that's uh, Spin the Bottle Bumpy's Party. And this was this is one that's on the Wii U eShop right now. And this is one of those physical games. This is like more more of those uh where basically the idea is you spin the bottle on the Wii U gamepad and it lands on a mini game. And the mini game is all kind of physical. Like if you've ever played a game like uh Johann Sebastian Joust at the last couple of Indicates where it's more like ha- kind of handling like the Wii the Wii remote and playing a certain game and like it measures it on the screen. In the in one of the ones that they I can't see you twisting your hands around. <laughs> in, like, so basically, uh, what what, uh, what Ozzy is describing is that it gives you a contest to or a challenge to accomplish with the device, and then you have to move around physically, like WarioWare, right? To yes, right. Except it's a much more. It's kind of more of a physical challenge. And like, well, didn't the WarioWare on the Wii? Wasn't that all that stuff where it's like balance it on your head or the the Wiimote? Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like that. Like I, I think one of the ones that I played for sure that I really enjoyed was the drill. And that's where two people hold the Wii remote, hold, hold the edge of the Wii remote, and they start spinning around until they, uh, until they drill a post like all the way in. Like it's really silly kind of stuff. And they're working on some newer mini games that are going to take advantage of the camera on the gamepad. Interesting. Like one of the ones that, that uh, they were telling me was they want you to stare at the camera on the Wii U gamepad and everyone else is going to try and make you laugh. And the whole idea <laughs> is you got to keep a straight face. That's clever. It's a really clever idea. Uh, all that con- the content's supposed to be your out. That, that would be an excellent drinking game. <laughs> I'm just gonna say right now that would be an excellent. You would drinking not game. last long. De- de- definitely, like that. That the new content's supposed to be out before Christmas. But if you buy Bumpy's Party now, you'll get the free content. For, you'll get the new content for free. Cool. So, and let me see the next one. Uh, Killer Queen. This is an, this is a really interesting one. You know, just because we have the lightning round, you don't have to rush that bad. It's okay. Okay. Uh, Killer Queen is a. Uh, is a five-on-five arcade. It's an arcade cabinet. It's actually a pair of arcade cabinets. Really interesting idea. It's actually a five-on-five homage to the old-school Joust. Oh my God! I Rab. love Joust. I I love Joust. I've I've often thought it's a total sorry tangent, but I've I've often thought that if I could own one stand-up arcade cabinet, I'd be hard-pressed to find anything better than Joust. Oh, you know what? That's an interesting question. We should actually explore sometimes. Like, what would be the one thing you would own if you could own? A, I think that it, it would either be Joust or Street Fighter Two. I, I would be hard-pressed to find anything better than Joust. The Joust is just sublime. I go to those county fairs all the time, and I see those little arcade cabinets, and it's always always tempted to get one i know yeah. i know zav was looking for one for a long time and i know uh well now you can get them and you know have them be made i just don't know what i just have everything don't know there was so there would be so many things that i want that's what i mean you can have them be you could do a mame cabinet and just have everything i mean I, yeah. for one thing i've wanted a pinball machine for a long uh, time yeah, i really fun. really wanted a pinball machine yeah. but, but for a stand-up arcade machine oh man just yeah one of my old buddies that i used to work with actually has a beat mania machine Oh, that's cool. Mm. That really cool stuff. Just from sheer, just from sheer memories of how many quarters I dropped into it, like Defender would be, Defender would be amazing to have. Yeah, that's although good I mean, you can and you can keep going on it for a long while. But yeah, oh, I'm a Pac-Man guy. I I, yeah. I shoot for leaderboards all the time. Whenever I whenever I see one of those machines, you know what else would be a 
uh, for me personally is a game that I always love and would uh, whenever I see it someplace at like a retro place I always run up to it Road Blasters ooh definitely a good it's one. a great one to have as a stand up because the controller is so part of the experience absolutely you know? yeah Okay. All right, so Sorry. killer, Sorry so that. killer queen, killer queen is not a game we're going to get at home clearly because it takes two giant stand up arcade right. cabinets. Yeah, I wonder how that distribution for that's going to work. But the idea of it is, it's it's pretty much a five on five joust homage. You have one person playing as the queen and four other players playing as the workers. The idea is, there are three different ways that you can win. You can uh, you can kill the queen three. T- you can kill the other queen three times. You can grab nectars and you can bring back the nectars to your base. If you bring about 20 of them, you win. Or there's a snail at the bottom of the screen. And if you ride the snail to your goalpost, you can also win that way. And it all explains it to you before the game starts. It's actually much simpler in practice than it is in... Then it, it's then, about as it's about as obvious in the face of it as Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> so you could win by doing this, or you could also win by doing this, or you could have someone go down there and ride the snail across the goal line. The, the action just is just nuts. The action just keeps going like fast paced, that type of thing. Where and you can also upgrade your workers to actually because only the queen can fight at first, but you can upgrade your workers into soldiers, and the soldiers mm-hmm. can also fight, and that's mostly how you, how you you manage to kill the queen. So, is everything player controlled? Everything is player controlled. Okay, so so someone's playing the queen, and then everybody else is playing the workers. Yes, and then the workers can upgrade themselves. Hmm. Do you, the workers can upgrade themselves by taking a nectar and finding like one of those uh, a random chamber somewhere in the center. It's all played on one on one giant screen. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. I was surprised at how addictive it was. There was lines outside of the outside of the tent where it was being held, Rad. and it, that one actually won developers' choice. Like there were three uh, supplementary awards on top of everything on Thursday. There was audience choice, media choice, and developers' choice. And Killer Queen wound up taking developers' choice. That that Rad. Congrats to Killer Queen. Yeah, I'm looking for. I'm really curious to see how they're going to distribute that. But that could be really fun if they ever bring it to like PC or or one of those platforms, or even take it to a Dave and Buster's. I'm sure Dave and Buster's would buy that idea. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, you see. got you got more. You got another one. I got another one. Let me see if what else I have. Actually, I think I have one more. Uh, one more is uh, Towerfall, of course. And I've raved about Towerfall for the longest time. This is another one of those arcade arcade type, uh, kind of a mix between like a platform and a platformer and a fighter, where you take you give you're given three arrows, and the idea is you want to be the last person standing, and you get a point for every kill you get. So it's actually not a good enough to be the last person standing because you can actually just avoid the fighting but you won't get any points that way they've added some stuff to it this time they've added some new different types of arrows including like like power up arrows like a drill arrow that'll go through walls and chase after you Hmm. a bramble arrow that i didn't see last time and this one you shoot it like at a at the ground and it'll spread like all these barbs and it'll kill anyone that touches it Hmm. and there are orbs that'll alter the playing field they added a new one that where if you grab the orb It'll it'll kind of scroll the screen upwards or sideways and like a kind of like a VHS tracking effect. It's really it's really cool stuff. And uh, you can of course you can either kill by shooting someone with an arrow or you can step on them because if you fall through the ground you'll end up through the top of the screen. It's like that type of uh, arcadey effect. I don't know what more I can say about this other than I'm completely hooked. It's one of my favorite games of the year so far. You like the Towerfall? I love Towerfall, and that that one. Uh, I talked to creator Matt Thorson. He said that it's coming to PC in January. It's oh. out for the Ouya right now, but the Ouya has been kind of a good stepping stone for him right. because it's kind of helped him get gain a lot of traction, gain a lot of recognition. It's been, it's been one of the poster children for Ouya for sure. Definitely. And now it's going to be coming to PC with 
some new some new content, some new arrows, some new orbs, and a single player mode that he hasn't detailed just yet. All right. Well, if you want to hear or read up or see more, uh, some screens and videos and all that sort of stuff from any of this uh, coverage that Ozzy's done at Indiecade, yes. Actually, I do have one more thing I want to talk about, okay. and that's a uh, Rogue Legacy. The devs for Rogue Legacy were there, and Hold uh, on. Jeff's ears perked right up. Right. They yeah. want. Yeah. Uh, they, Spoiler. They, still my game of the year. Actually, it's funny you should say that. Uh, they have a Mac and Linux version in the works. It should be out in the next couple of weeks. And then they have another patch that they're working on with new content. They wouldn't say what. I tried to I tried to pick their brains on dun, it, dun, dun. But, but they won't tell me what the new content is just yet. And I want I wanted to actually share with you guys the Kenny and Teddy Lee for Cellador uh, Games. They're fans of the show. Hmm. And they oh wow! A- and they actually wanted to thank Jeff Kanata for Aww. for championing their game and, get, and putting it in game of the year conversation. And they wanted to, they wanted you to know that they really appreciate everything you've said about them. Well, I appreciate them making a game that I freaking love. Love that game. I, it I is was, my game of the year. I was about for to be sure. a cheapskate bitch and ask one of the listeners to tell me the next time it was on sale on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I was one of them actually. I, th- I actually picked it up on Steam for forty percent off a couple weeks ago. No, so if someone would like to tell me the next time it's on sale on Steam. Dude, it's so good. It's worth full price of, what, 20 bucks? It's not even that it's much. It's 15 bucks. 15. There you go. Look at that. But it'll Cheap. Be, it'll be on sale sometime, Jeff. <laughs> I'll send you a gift card. And, and, you, and you want to get it on PC because they said that the Sony version, the, they're supposed to come out on PS4, PS3, right. and Vita, uh, not close. What? Like we'll probably see it next year. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, well, that's a bummer. It, I think it, I think it's the perfect Vita game. It would be so perfect on the Vita. I'm sure you'll play it again on Vita. I'm sure I will. And, and well, it'll be long enough that I will have you. Hey, I remembered another right. game I played this week. Real quick. Just real quick. Uh, have you heard of Speedrunner? Speedrunner. Yes. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, this buddy of mine, JP, sent me a gift copy of that on Steam. Okay. And um, boy, it's not my kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because it was a wonderful That's gift. That's why him. you didn't remember. But it, it. is it is uh, very frustrating, you know. And it's it's frustrating in the specific way that I tend to. What what get is the game? It it's a it's a f- speed run uh, endless. Well, not really. It's not endless. It, you, you're running constantly. You're you, basically sprinting to the end. You're sprinting to the end. It's a multiplayer game. You're racing against other people. Okay. I feel like there was a game like this, and I can't remember what it was. But anyway, so, and there's obstacles, and you have to find the fastest path. And it's all about momentum. You, if you keep up your momentum, ah, and if okay. you have to run through things, sure. they'll slow you down. So you're trying to jump, duck. Uh, you can swing. You got this grappling hook. You can swing. You can grapple other players. And it's a race. And it's that thing where it's like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then you hit something. You're like, ah, please just keep going. And and, and you do these laps around the, the, oops, bumped my mic. Around the microphone. You do laps <laughs> around the screen, uh, around the uh, level. And uh, ev- after every lap, the person who's last gets eliminated. Uh-huh. Until it's down to one. So uh-huh. you're trying not to be last. And then, oh, yeah. Some people it, love that tension. Some people do. It, uh, it, not it, this it's, guy. A refi- it's a refined concept because it's actually a sequel to an Xbox Live indie game that came out about two, three years ago called Speedrunner HD. Hmm. And this is like this is like the kind of PC version that they built. And they kind of took everything they learned from the last version and built it into this. It's really cool. It's just Ozzy dropping the knowledge. Yeah. Bam. Well done. Got a, right. great, got a great superhero motif, too. It does, yeah. yeah. I'm going to uh, sadly get us out of here. Uh, finish that thought though if you want to see more about these games that ozzy spoke about uh we have screens some previews some interviews we've been having video, indicate coverage all week at tons Shack of indicate coverage uh they're on shacknews.com all put together by uh, ozzy so good job sir Thank well you. done now uh i hope you saved something for a finishing move because that's what's coming up right now finishing 
moves. All right, my friends out there who uh, always have great game recommendations and things to get excited about. Remember, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily equating to it directly, but remember how much people fell in love with Nier? Well, we may have Square lining up for its next Nier-like crazy game to bring to America with the uh, announcement that Drakengard 3 mm-hmm. will get a release in the West. And all I have to tell you about Drakengard 3 is dragons, crazy costumes, especially <laughs> girls in crazy costumes, and a woman who appears to have a flower for her right eye. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> so, another one of those. Yeah. So uh, watch, the, watch the announcement video. There's, I mean, it's pretty crazy. The story is about uh, these... Uh, sisters who sing to keep the world in harmony and the eldest one of them decides that she's going to kill all the other sisters hmm. uh, and and yeah it, it sounds like something ripped from a crazy anime <laughs> and looks like something ripped from a crazy anime and could well be awesome i just put up a little bit of warning that drakengard games have been uh like near flawed gems so this could be another one of those flawed gems, but hey, look, it's coming out here. It's awesome that they're taking the time and effort to to uh, localize it, and I'm thrilled about that because I love to see crazy ass games like this because I do love them. I do what love kind my of crazy flower ass games. is it? Is it an iris? <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. Nailed it. Your turn. <laughs> uh, I was uh, pleased to see uh, my friends over at uh, GameSpot debuting a brand new version of their website. Very cool of them. Uh, it's a much cleaner, interesting thing. Uh, but that's not what I come here today to talk about. Uh, one of the coolest things that I saw this week was a new, newly published review of Bioshock Infinite by uh, uh, Tom McShay on quite, the site. Quite late to the party, yeah. Yes, but it's a uh, it's sort of a in retrospect view of it, which is which is really cool. Brilliantly written and brilliantly sums up my position on the game. Uh, he's maybe a little harsher on it than I was, but uh, a lot of people criticized me because you know when I came away from the first hour, hour and a half of the game uh, from that preview event, I said I'm ready to give the the game of the year to Bioshock Infinite based on that first hour. I stand by that. Uh, and I think Tom does a really great job of explaining why the game does not live up to its first hour. And uh, here's a, a great sentence. Um, uh, However, Infinite avoids taking a stance on the situation that it constructs at the beginning, instead diverting its attention to a pair of characters who encompass tired stereotypes and have no relation to the thematic elements set up at the outset. Kind of agree with that. And that's uh, that's that's why I, w- I was soured on that game a little bit. But uh, they, I still think it was a fantastic experience. They chose a but. different path. It's caused a lot of, you know, interesting, critical discussions. Yeah. And, I you know, I love the first Bioshock so much. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I agree. 100%. And I, th- I think he does a really wonderful job in that article Jeff, of comparing I'm going to do you a favor. Do not watch the five minute first gameplay video of Burial at Sea. Don't watch it. Okay. Just don't watch it. Don't watch it because I want to play it, or you're gonna to want to play it. Oh, good. You're gonna to want to play it, and it was just it was that total... I it because it's bad. No, no, no it's like, that good. And and anyone else out good, there into Bioshock? Good. I watched it. I'm sorry, I watched it. I'm glad I watched it because I'm super tweaked to go back to Rapture now. I mean, like I'm. Oh my god. I, yeah, Columbia was okay, but Rapture, and then all right, man. Just public service announcement from Garnet Lee. Don't watch it because it literally is the first five minutes of it, and and I think that you know you could just. Just don't do it. Yeah. It's not a preview. It's nothing else. It's literally a here's the first five minutes. And it's the walking intro of like what's setting up things. And just save it. 
save it and enjoy yeah, it when I think, it comes. Uh, you know, you can say that about almost every preview, but you know, that's yep. just me. Ozzy, bring it home. All right. So I'm going to bring it full circle. We were talking about competitive gaming at the top of the show. Well, uh, one of the things I like to do every week is I like to jump on with our buddies at the Level Up series. Uh, they do Wednesday night fights. They do the run back every Thursday. They run Super Street Fighter 4, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, King of Fighters. And if you ever want to see like a good professional, good pro gamers, and if you want to see them like try out new combinations, if you want to kind of see see what they're going to bring over to the next big tournament like it's it's a fun it's a fun thing to watch and whether you're watching it live on a wednesday or thursday or watching the archives later on it's a lot of fun so i fully recommend catching that if you're in the area they run it out of a walnut california it's right east on the 10 and they run it like every wednesday and thursday night so give it a look excellent work there guys if you are uh if you're football fans be sure to stick around uh ozzy has now catapulted himself into the lead of Woo! our pick'em group at 10 and 4 wow well done well done sir but if you're not not a football fan that's cool we yeah, enjoy talking to you we can do another perfect service announcement if you don't like football it's time to wake up and turn <laughs> off your podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh dear all right thanks uh, to uh the newly married uh, rio and jamie in the booth uh, and of course atlantis group studios awesome place for vo work or any other sort of audio engineering that you need right here in beautiful santa monica california that's it folks that is your weekend confirmed and we are ghost
Young Tiger right in this time Staying number one, the only thing on my mind Your game's okay, so don't be ashamed Cause you're messing with the player from the Hall of Fame This episode of Week in Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Hmm. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. All right, ready for some football? And Dave maybe repping his Seahawks with his lid in uh, in the fourth chair now. Hello, people. Good to have hey, you man. On. I caught you. I caught you on the, I know, on man. the standings. Shit. Let's do let's do a little fantasy update first. So we got two leagues going, thanks to the listeners who have been great taking care of getting those set up. Uh, in the first one, fantasy football confirmed. My ghosts, both our teams are leading our divisions. Did you yeah, notice that? I feel good about that. I, I, boy, it was a tough loss. Kaepernick actually beat me, <laughs> and you, you, you loved it. I was You're like, hey, if you got to go down. Might as so well. you got you, you got the uh, two and one team sitting there at three and two atop the Microsoft division. You've got Harbossum sitting there at four and one uh, atop the Sony division. And He's got, the guy who beat me. And you got my ghosts at four and one atop the Nintendo division. And uh, yeah, you're I don't playing, know if you noticed. You're playing Chet Henny. I'm this starting week. Chet Henny this week. <laughs> <laughs> look, oh, I'm no. starting. Happen. I have look. Here's my theory on starting Chad Henny this week. Number one. Vic is not going to play. I mean, I think it's right. been pretty. I mean, they've been beating around the bush and they're trying to keep Tampa Bay on off balance. But, but Vic's He's not going to play. Yeah. And then out of all the other folks Wait, out Chad there, Chad Henney, or are we talking about Nick Foles? Chad Henney is a uh, Jacksonville, right? No, Vic's not going to play. So, so I need someone. I need somebody else. Oh, right. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jacksonville is going to get run out of the stadium early. But if you go back and look at Chad Henney's stats. <laughs> oh, he's going to put up uh, Matt Flynn numbers. <laughs> exactly. Chad Henney is amazing in garbage time. <laughs> Seriously. He's, he's hey, got man, it. I've got, be, I remember I looked at it. Brilliant Chad Henney play. has been genius in garbage time, and there's going to be plenty of garbage time in that game for him. So that's why, that's why I went with him. And then hopefully Vic is healthy and uh, I can get him back after that. And then in the uh, final fantasy, final fantasy, I did it. I knew I put that down there. If I put FF, I was going to do that. In the fantasy football <laughs> confirmed you uh, game uh, league, league. Uh, we're both struggling sort of my yeah. abominable. This is the most uh, look. I have several snake bit teams this year. This is the one where I, my running backs that I drafted were CJ Spiller was supposed to be awesome. Still in a timeshare. Ahmad Bradshaw and David Wilson. So I have two running backs who are out with neck injuries. That sucks. And and so I'm looking around, around like who what I'm just dead in the water. We're there. both two and three. So I'm two way. and three there. Uh, in that way, you're in uh, that's in the game flap, the game flap division where Outlandish Beats is leading. Uh, more fun than good. That's you. You're uh, two and three in the Hearthstone. That's currently led by Joe Buck yourself and Sarah's team <laughs> leading the uh, Super Mega Worm division. So. Still, still that's lots the of division. Playing. That's a lot of fun to say. It's a lot of, a lot of fun to <laughs> more say. fun than good. Keep, <laughs> <sighs> we'll keep going. By the way, I got a trade offer this week, and and I just couldn't, I couldn't take it. They wanted Eddie Lacy, mm. and and they wanted Eddie Lacy, but they were going to give me, uh, who are they giving me? They were giving me, um, I don't remember. We've I mean, already I, lost interest. A mid, a mid tier <laughs> running back, a mid tier running back, and an okay wide receiver. And I'm like, why would I give up a guy who, for me, is going to be an everyday starter for two folks who might sit on your bench? Anytime you're looking at, anytime you're looking yeah. at these trades, the trade analysis has to be: Am I going to lose too much? 
by vert like like what's the drop off going to be between the person who I'm trading away and whoever's going to take them their place? Yeah, and is the, is the person I'm trading for going to be an every week starter? Yeah, because if they are, then that's right. Was Willis McGahee was one of them? Willis oh, McGahee, no. oh, yeah. and then right, I'm like right off the bat, that was like soured it for you. Willis McGahee, uh, was Willis McGahee, and then a wide receiver who I'm not. So- oh, Dwayne Bow. It was it was <laughs> it was Willis McGahee and Bo for Eddie yeah. Lacy, and I'm like, look, I'm gonna look at these guys every week. I'm gonna look at Bo, and I'm gonna go, eh. no, he's not even my favorite target in KC because Donnie yeah. Avery is. Yeah. and then I'm gonna look at McGahee and say. No, I mean he wasn't even playing at the start of the season. Come on, I mean I realize he's the starting back there. Man, everyone expected Dwayne Bow to break out this year, and kind of hasn't happened. Uh, th- th- and this is not to say Alex Smith is bad. Alex Smith isn't the right quarterback to have him break out. Yeah. He's the right quarterback for for Avery. for wins. Well, and for Avery <laughs> yeah. and for the underneath guys to be really powerful yeah. and successful because that's what he's, I mean. Look look at look at the way they're using Jamal Charles. Yeah. Man, they got Charles like motoring. So anyway. I had a lot of fun uh, with people on Twitter talking about all the all the people that uh, sat Romo on their bench this week and gave up, you know, gave up like, gave like up on forty him. points of, of <laughs> pure fantasy goodness. <laughs> yeah. By the way, anyone who was wearing it, I thought it was a great game. I, I, oh, yeah. I was I was, ups- I was sad that we lost, but that was a hell of a game. And I hang I hang as much responsibility for anything on. Man, I miss Rob Ryan's defense. I know that the new Cowboy defense generates turnovers, but the secondary is awful. Well. <laughs> Yeah, and we've got we've got good players. It's it's the scheme. Like we we clearly cannot fool anybody with our coverage, and we clearly cannot keep players covered long enough for whatever they're trying to do up front. Mm-hmm. It's not working. It's not working at all, and it doesn't show any sign of working. And on the other side of that, uh, that Saints defense looks really good right now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Saints look like a powerhouse in the NFC. Putting, putting the news around Rob Ryan's. Hey, it's just stupid. Anyway, let's talk about. Where we are, I've uh, fallen into second place at nine five and one behind Ozzy, who's there at ten and four. Holy cow! At Rich charging, yeah. Press Row Podcast leading Rich Grisham, like charging to the front now at nine four and two. Dave, uh, you missed the you missed one of the pushes, so you're you're in catch up mode. You're right there at eight and five. Jeff, you're at eight six and one. Andrea and uh, the Atlantis Group team at five nine and one, and our guests running along at six five and one. But I guess we won't have a guest pick this week. So just saying, before I got married, I was seven and two. Well, one hey and, man, one what, and three. I don't what want to say I told you. She so. took, what are you saying? She took my power. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the guests can do a catch up picks for the next three weeks. Uh, there's, I mean, yeah, we got guests next week. But. So here's what I've got for you this week, oh, sports man. fans. I had I had this to pick first this one. one's hilarious. This one's so. This is, this is a record-setting game right here. The this largest. Is a, this is a NeoGAF special, right? Because they requested this. Oh yeah. Well, they requested it, but I mean, you got to and, and I still had to follow through with it anyway. I mean, largest opening line for an NFL game at Vegas ever. The Jacksonville Jaguars plus are now at. But I and by the way, we use the fantasy nine one one lines as of Thursday. Now at plus twenty seven. My God. At the Denver Broncos. Jeez. The money line. The money line is even crazier. The money line is up to like three k. So. Yeah, this is just a crazy bet. I mean, I can't, I can't believe it's even on the board. Really, it's just such a nutty have, fucking thing. I am paralyzed on this one. I honestly, I can, I can see Denver thirty-five to three. You know, yep. I could see that easy, forty-two to seven. Because they're yeah. not gonna. It's not like cause they're not gonna let up. It's like, <laughs> I know Peyton's playing at least three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so. the thing. Do they yank him after <laughs> an halftime? Two things about this game for me. Number one, you already heard me that I've got Chad Henney playing because I think there's gonna be a lot of garbage time stuff for Jacksonville and Jacksonville has, ja- has Justin Blackman back now who yeah. played super well in his first weekend back. They still have Cecil shorts so they can, they can throw the ball around quite a bit. 
And of the five games that have been played by the Denver Broncos, only one of them this season would have covered this large of a spread. So I'm going. I'm going to take the points. Wow. I'm going to take the points and go smart. with Jacksonville because I think that at some point in time they're going to be out there far enough ahead that there'll be enough garbage time that Jacksonville will keep it within 27 by the final gun. I um, I'm taking Denver. I'm taking it's Denver. Not a crazy bet either. But. And I would love to see the percentage of survivor leagues around the country of how many people take Denver as their survivor team. This oh, this week, week it's if this if this 27 is scary because it's like. Cruise control sets in, and it's like, well, yeah, you win no. by twenty five. Oh, Survivor, yeah, you Survivor, you only three have to win. touchdowns, they could just go to sleep. Right, Survivor, it's, you only have to win. I mean, here's the win, thing, right? though. Here's the thing: is, is is if you're in a Survivor league, you probably look at Denver as a team that you could hold. You, you want to wait hold, on. You want to hold as long as you can, and using them against Jacksonville is kind of like that's a throwaway. I guess, but there's never been a safer bet in the history. Of- yeah, but there are, there's some other games I think you could play this weekend. Yeah. Anyway, I'm taking Denver. Dave. Die. <laughs> it's fucking hard. I'm gonna say Denver against picking the Broncos. Also, mm-hmm. Ozzy, your 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 record here. You're the lead. By the way, you have to you have to pick first next two times because you're in the lead. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I I keep expecting Denver to put up like 49, and if they do put up 49, Jacksonville would have to score at least 22 to cover, and I don't see them scoring over 20 at all. So all right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go Denver. Jamie, wow. So everybody, uh, okay. So I'm the crazy. <laughs> wow, I did this not. Could be a, this could be a way for you to vault into the. I first am the place. crazy son of a bitch who goes. I have Andrea's picks, but they're in my computer. <laughs> uh, let's, so, uh, so we can't open them off the table, but we'll oh. have them. Oh, he's going to open them off his phone. Email. I uh, can open them off his email. So we'll get them in just a second as we move on. And get, you know what we can do? We can bring in Rich Grisham from the Press Row Podcast, the sponsors of the Tailgate. Get all of the uh, video game information you could want especially should say sports video game information for yeah. the press row podcast their most recent uh episode that just came up earlier this week rich was in new york where he got a bunch of hands-on times with uh ea sports games on xbox one so he played some madden he played some fifa so if you're looking did, for did he play the new nba nba uh not elite uh what are they calling it now well it is NBA. no he did he got to play the mma game though oh so ooh, that was a three games they had there so Sweet. yeah so if you uh, if you want to hear about next gen sports gaming Xbox One EA Sports titles, you should grab the Press Row podcast right now. Brought to you by Operation Sports. So now we'll bring in Rich, who uh, has stormed back. Here he is. Yes, uh, thank you, Garnet. Before I get to the picks, I just want to say congratulations on your week one destruction of me in the Madden Four String League. You forced me into six interceptions. I was completely discombobulated, and you made me look foolish. So congratulations, well done. But hopefully, I have my revenge. When we meet again later in the season. All right, on to the picks. First off, you have this ridiculous one, Jacksonville in 27-point underdog to the Broncos in Denver. Believe it or not, I'm going with Denver. There's no right answer here, but I'm going to go with the Broncos. Up next, you have got New Orleans, who is a one-and-a-half-point underdog at New England. I'm taking the Patriots as the 1.5, as one-and-a-half-point favorites. And lastly, you've got the Colts heading to San Diego as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in San Diego. I like the Chargers in this one. All right. So, hey, thanks as always, Garnet. We love Weekend Confirmed at the Press Row Podcast brought to you by Operation Sports. I'm Rich Grisham, and we'll see you again next week. All right, Rich. I mean, thanks for the thanks for the love. Although I, I realize that there is still the other uh, the other game coming up later this season where my Cowboys have to go into uh, your home and beat you Giants again. So, yeah, six interceptions was good though. Six interceptions. I'm just saying, and I had pretty. It was a pretty successful game. Yeah, I was happy. I was pleased to start off that way. Best thing of it all is it means that no matter what happens, I will not 
go o for the season in my uh in the first season of uh, my four strings league so <laughs> That's i'm happy with that update andrea picked denver andrea picked denver so there you so go you're on an island I'm not. That's fine. I'm good. With, I'm good with that. All right. Moving right along. Next up, we have uh, the New Orleans Saints. We're on a great roll. You know, had no problem putting down the Bears last week on the road, and New Orleans continues their road show as they go into New England. Still an underdog, but only an underdog by a point and a half. So it's it's the New Orleans Saints plus a point and a half in New England. Ozzy, you got to go first. All right. Uh, man, that Wolf, that Vince Wilfork loss was a killer for the Patriots. So I'm going to go Saints. All right, all right. Belichick doesn't lose games back to back. He just doesn't. Okay, Gronk. Uh, Gronk is back. They're at so, home, and Gronk is back. They're, they're at home, the, and Gronk is back. You know, best uh, tight end in the league. <sighs> I think the guy. I think the other. I think there's a guy uh, on the Saints who might have something <laughs> well, yeah, to say. Yeah, right. Who's <laughs> leading the league in receptions <laughs> over over everybody? I got him on one of my fantasy teams. So I, oh, he's yeah. killing it for me on my love, team. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Uh, I'm t- I'm taking uh, I'm taking New New England half because well I hate I hate rooting for them but I uh, I, I got to gain, gain some ground on Ozzy so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it who dat who dat it's the Saints on this one I I got to go with the Saints for this one uh, and then I got to go with the Saints because I don't think that even with Gronk back that the Patriots can keep pace with the scoring that the Saints will put up. Mm. I gotta go New England so I can try to gain some ground. That's a valid reason. Yeah, it's a close one. And Jamie, which one? What do you think about this? Patriots? Patriots? <laughs> the Saints. She's with the Saints as well. And then our uh, Andrea went to New England as well. Andrea went to New England as well. So, hmm. I see what you're doing with this next game, Garnet. What do you mean? <laughs> I, it, I look. People ask me to include some Colts games, so I included uh-huh. a Colts game. It just so happens. That it's the uh, Colts, Colts are for real, dude. The Colts at real. San Diego. They're for real, but they're so weird. The total power running game. Yeah. And and Andrew Luck just taking care of business, but not the not the Andrew Luck we saw last year. Now that was the Andrew Luck who just like gets shit done. Yeah. Although I think I think he's Kobe, still a solid fantasy quarterback. Though. Oh, I got still, him in a couple of my leagues. I think Kobe Fleener could have a breakout weekend. I mean, I'm just saying. I think Kobe Fleener is like we've been sitting around like when is the tight end going to show up? I think this could be show. But Indianapolis <sighs> minus minus two and a half at San Diego. Okay, see, see the homer. See, I want to go the homer pick because you know I love my Chargers. But hmm. let's let, let's think what everyone's coming off of. Uh, the Chargers just lost to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, that was a killer. So they might be angry. Yeah, maybe. But oh, the Colts are just nuts, and the Colts are going to take that division easy. So I I hate to do this, but I'm going Indy. Oh, you're wow. not a fan. You're picking against your team. I'm picking my, I'm picking wow. my Boo. Boo. <laughs> I'm calling the Chargers. No. Wow. Dave, who are you checking? Man, I almost... Oh, this is a tough one. See, Indy's coming off an emotional win last week that went down to the wire. San Diego got killed by Oakland, and they're at home? I don't know. San Diego... I'm going to go with San Diego. Fuck you, Ozzy. I'm taking your team. Yeah. Oh. This is going to come back. Look, I, look, I, know, I know my team. I know my team better than anybody. I know they wilt on Monday night. Wow. Oh, I don't know because I was man. there last time. <laughs> you got to turn in your card, bro. Turn in your card. Uh, I'm taking Indy. Uh, because I they they went they went in and beat Seattle and San Francisco. They are full real. They uh, they have a scary team. I think yeah, we had three linemen out, and it was an indie. It wasn't like we lost at home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hold on, I got excuses ready. I got excuses ready. No, that was just a jab at the Niners losing at home. <laughs> so now now I'm faced with the same dilemma that Dave has, which is that so far I've picked you know Ozzy and I have picked the same games, and I was 
probably leaning indie in this game. Although, I mean, it's been really look. It's been no doubt a disappointment the way the Trent Richardson thing's gone down with them. They mm. lost Ahmad Branshaw. Donald Brown is capable, but they seem you know the coaching staff seems completely uninterested in feeding Donald Brown, giving him the ball more, despite the fact he's being really successful. He's gotten like four point something yards per carry. He's great out of the backfield, but they they really stuck with Richardson that they got him. And you they, know they haven't lost to them yet though. No, but they haven't been really making good advantage of him. And you're in San Diego, and man, it does seem like they've been does seem like San Diego's been clicking some. Phil Rivers is playing and, really good. He is and playing they've, really they've good. Got, they've gotten Woodhead. I mean, they seem to have like finally gotten over Ryan. You know, trying like Ryan Matthews. He's got the concussion, so they've got a reason to let him sit. Woodhead Dude. seems to be working. I've been burned so many times well. this season already picking the Chargers in my other. I know. I, I hate I picking, keep picking them, too. and they keep screwing me. Look, I just keep remembering that they blew a twenty-eight. A, I don't remember. I don't even remember if it was twenty-one or twenty-eight. And they but it was a so multi-touchdown lead. Against, bad against the Raiders. They did. Oh, oh God, they looked so bad against the Raiders. It's gonna be. Lee. I can't pick the Chargers, can I? Yeah, you can. Fuck it. You know what, Ozzy? I'm taking your team too. <laughs> go Bolts! Go Bolts! Go Powder Blues on Monday how, night. How fucked up is it that everyone's taking my team except me? Yeah, Sandy, Trader, <laughs> Superchargers. Exactly. Jamie, where are you going? She's taking the Whoa! Superchargers too. Oh, the end, the the defeat of the man who brings his Charger team. Charger card takes pulled. The, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, that was exciting. Where, where's Andrea going on this? Oh, we have the makeup game. I have Tennessee at Seattle. Wait, wait, wait. who did Andrea pick for this Oh, game? Andrea went uh, Indy. Okay, so I'm, I'm not alone on this. You got Kanata, uh, too. 13 and a half seems tough, especially since without a All right. line. So, by the way, the, Dave's They're doing home. the makeup game, which I gave him Tennessee at Seattle, because I gave him his team. Yeah. You know, and it's Tennessee plus 13 and a half. Are you going to pull an Aussie? <laughs> I will not pull an Aussie, but I'm just saying 13 and a half is a lot of points when oh, we're line, I'm a, I'm our line is now. decimated, and we've sucked on third down. Bro, you think you can't beat the Titans by 13 at and a home. half? At home. You can't, you can't beat Ryan we're Fitzpatrick? Really? Ryan yeah, we're Fitz- going to do it. You know, what's funny is that going around as people are asking Ryan Fitzpatrick if he was Flynn. Because they, they look alike. <laughs> oh, man. Boy, Seahawks. Talk about. Oh, dear. Poor Flynn. I, I, I'm glad he got paid. Because that dude. Oh, that guy had the best. Why do you feel bad for him? He got the best paying job in the for like two teams. Yeah. Supposed to be the starter. Got starter money and is a backup. Half yep. the work. No all, stress. All he had to do was just embarrass himself for one day. Yeah. All right. So I take it you're taking the Seahawks, right? Seahawks. All, all right. Way. So there we go. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hope your teams do well and your fantasy teams are fun. I'm going to be at, the, at Candlestick. Congrats to the Niners. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I toyed with bringing that Cardinals-Niner game in here, but the Cardinals have been such a disappointment. I didn't I didn't see much well, excitement think, there. Think about me. I shall. my little head off. Have a great time, brother. Thank you. And everybody else, have a great time. We'll see you again next week.